Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 166, and we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Comic-Con was, Insanio Comic-Con was this week, so we've got tons of cool stuff to, to discuss, and uh, we did try out a couple of uh, betas, games, all kinds of good stuff to review. So let's get started here. It's probably going to be a pretty long show. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I'm Soraya Zell. Um, I... I put all the trailers together for this and i'm gonna loathe having to type up the show notes and link them all all right bait what's up everybody my name is bait and i watched a bunch of trailers today and i'm currently playing eve online all right and jay uh this is jay i am also one of the co-hosts of the show and i have youtube my face off trying to watch all the trailers that we're going to talk about tonight uh as well as knocking down a little bit of the destiny beta and for the record 166 i believe let me see here 166 that is okay the only thing i got on that one is that that is a marine corps helicopter squadron it's the only thing i can tell you because i actually actually rode in some of their aircraft before but i can't tell you anything about a periodic table i don't even know if there's anything on the periodic table real or made up uh that falls under 166 so that's the only thing i got right now is uh it's uh, I want to say it was like a CH forty six or a U or a UH sixty helicopter squadron for the Marine Corps. Did you eat crayons when you flew on that uh, chopper? No, but I did raise the IQ of everybody of everybody in the crew. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and I'm uh, Pokey Draven. I obviously help host the show here, right for the blog sometimes, and I do uh, our dungeon crawl gameplay series available on our website. But. Uh, Let's get started here. Lots of stuff. Uh, but first of all, Zell went and saw Spider-Man this week, and so we're going to have him give you his thoughts on what he thought of the film. Uh, spoilers see- or no spoilers? No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. No. I'm like the only oh. one who's seen it, so, you know, whatever. It's been, like, I figured I was going to have been the last person to see it, given how many weeks it's been out, but um, I, I caught it in IMAX 3D. Um because IMAX 3D is life, and if you don't go see things in IMAX 3D, there's something wrong with you. Don't they just like put you close to the screen? Um, uh, the screen is bigger, and you're close. It, it it depends. Like IMAX is, they have various screens of uh, sizes of IMAX screen, and uh, the theaters are kind of free to do what they want in terms of seating. And I've been in IMAX theaters that were really huge, and you were just even further back from the screen, and the screen wasn't even that big, and it wasn't really an IMAX-feeling experience. Um, but I happen to live next to, or not next to, but near one of the uh, the best IMAX theaters I've ever been in. It's the largest screen size. It's the smallest theater room I've ever been in. It's like 14 rows of seats. Um, and and it's it's amazing. Um, and And I highly recommend it. But uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is also amazing, and I also highly recommend it. Um, make sure you stay for the second after credit scene at the very, 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 very end. It is worth it. Uh, you just have to be kind of patient. Um, it's great, though. Um, the The Spider-Man was was just well done. I There was nothing cringy. Honestly, this may be the most family-friendly Marvel movie that I can think of. Um but uh, it was just well played. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. knocked it out of the park as as his Iron Man persona as usual. Um, the uh, the probably the more one of the more interesting characters I thought was their take on MJ, who doesn't actually play a huge role in this movie. Um, 
but definitely a very different take and and uh really well done i actually think she stole a lot of scenes um for for what she was there in um so yeah i i i definitely enjoyed it go see it how prevalent was uh the robert Downey jr character is it just like a couple scenes or is he more involved like how how much of the film is he in he's in a decent he's in a decent number of a percentage of it you know there's there's parts where you know it's obviously it's just his his voice plus animation because there's iron man suit this and that um but uh no he gets involved throughout the throughout the movie um and there's actually there's a lot of uh of uh happy hogan who's played by john favreau um you know who's uh, for people who don't know the character uh is the the driver dude in all the iron man movies um he's actually he's kind of the director and writer of about half of the marvel movies by the way yes yeah (laughs) but that that's that's always the funny bit is that he's uh he's the director he was the director of iron man he put himself in as like the driver and then has had this kind of recurring role since um but uh he he's kind of characterized as like um peter's contact for 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 stark and there's a whole bunch of funny scenes with him and between him and and uh uh peter parker it's it's really well done. I enjoyed it. So it's pretty safe to say this is, in your opinion, the best of the various Spider-Man films. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I. I mean, there are probably like maybe Spider-Man one or two ranks well against it, but I mean, especially in recent years, this is a really solid Spider-Man. I enjoyed it. Alrighty, sounds good. So, kind of pivoting away from uh, Marvel for a moment, we're going to kind of step into the world of DC. They we'll pivot good... back, trust me. We'll, we'll, we'll pivot back. Yeah, we'll get there. But uh, for, in terms of movies, we're going to kind of move towards uh, some DC stuff because they had a pretty good showing at Comic-Con this week. Uh, so, I know there, there were some rumors running around, and I actually didn't catch this until recently, that uh, they were going to replace Ben Affleck as Batman and put someone else in there. But that sounds like that's not true from what Affleck is actually openly saying now. Is that right? Yeah, so the the rumor was that there's there you know obviously originally for the Batman movie Ben Affleck was directing, writing, and starring, and then he's like, well, I can't really direct it and give my best to the acting, so I'm gonna let someone else direct it. And then the directors started to change some stuff with the script, and apparently it's been entirely rewritten. And then the discussion comes up. Well, I don't know how long we want to keep Ben Affleck because he's old. Because he's you know he's like. <laughs> And, and the funny thing, of course, is that, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is, is like, what, 56, 58 now or something? He's, he's, it's almost five. he's mid-50s somewhere. And uh, Affleck's 45. They're saying, well, you know, if we're going to make a trilogy out of this, we're going to make a whole bunch more movies. He might be told for the well, role. You did the, that. So the funny part of it, this ties into another thing. Like, there's, they've announced a Flashpoint movie. That'll be the first Flash movie. One of the main characters in that is is Batman, but it is not the traditional Batman. It's actually Thomas Wayne, Batman's dad. So Flash goes back in time, changes history, bad shit happens. And the Batman is actually a very dark and a really brutal Batman, carries guns, shoot people, much more of a Punisher style guy in a Batman suit, but it's Thomas Wayne. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who played Thomas Wayne in uh, the Justice in Batman versus Superman, is the one who is purportedly playing Thomas Wayne. So it would all be, it's obviously all in the same universe. And somebody floated, well, this is a, this is a way that we could usher out Ben Affleck and replace him with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Who is fucking older than Ben Affleck? Jeez. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, that's, that's some, some but, nice you stuff. know, the way rumors go, um, Affleck has said, you know, 
no, he's going to play Batman as long as he can. Um, you know, he said that at Comic-Con. You know, I, I don't even know if these rumors are, you know, people thinking Affleck wouldn't want to play him or thinking that the studio might not want to keep him. You know how these things go is is everything is all all, you know, in line until the day that they decide to announce it's not. So, you know, there could be something to it. There could be it could be nothing. Um, but but there it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw the I saw the little interview stuff that that went back and forth. My my opinion, I think you're on onto it, Zell. It was a bit blown out of proportion. Uh, you know, people kind of searching for a story and some of the comments, so to speak. Uh, I I think uh, as much as Ben Affleck has been wanting to do this role for this long, and he and let's be realistic, he was truly one of the uh, you know, no pun intended, intended here, but he was one of the bright spots of. Of, of a very dark movie, so to speak, or, or a not very well-received movie, but he was clearly, his portrayal of, portrayal of Batman slash Bruce Wayne was generally pretty good. Other than the fact, he kills a bunch of people. Uh, that being said, I, I actually think he's pretty okay with, let me just act and have some input into the creative direction. I think he's very cool with that idea. And this really does kind of set him up for, uh, being in things as much or as little as he wants. And, and I think your analogy to how Robert Downey Jr. has worked with Iron Man is probably pretty good. He can he can come in and do parts of movies, small pieces of movies, or you know, much bigger set piece standalone stuff if he desires that. And I think this is a this is a role that would probably allow him to do that. So it's 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 also clear that the studio actually probably needs him more than he needs them. Uh, you generally, uh, particularly if they make the Justice League movie. Now, now what they could do, in all fairness, though, is uh, they it's pretty well accepted. And I think I, I want to say Jeff Johns has even said that there is a there is a a Dick Grayson somewhere in this universe. So if they wanted to bring a younger Batman in, they basically bring in a grown up Dick Grayson, you know, to be the you know the new Batman, you know, so to speak, and then you know. Bruce Wayne goes into some level of retirement or something like that. So there's a lot of options, but frankly, I, I think it's pretty premature. And I think you're, I think like you said, it's a little bit blown out of proportion, but generally DC was killing it. They had a lot of great, um, a lot of great stuff that was hitting the table. The new justice league trailer came out and that I think further bolstered the, uh, the interest in, in this story, if nothing else. And that's really, I think that that Q and a session where some of this came out of. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of buzz surrounding that that whole project and that kind of situation. So you know, it's it's you know, it's good that he's in there though. I think he'll do a good job, and it's, I look forward to seeing it. Now, speaking of the Justice League film, they did give a sneak peek. Uh, pretty good trailer. What what'd you guys think of this one? It was alright. I didn't like it or you know dislike. That you, you don't like you, you don't like anything, babe. We, we've decided that's, this. that's not true. That's code for I didn't watch it, and I don't want to give any specifics. No, screw <laughs> you. I did watch. It. Uh, screw you. I, I will say that it, it looks um, a lot better than I think some of the initial stuff they released for it. Um, Cyborg in particular, I think they've really kind of improved his visuals and, and kind of given a little more on, on him. So that's good to see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty solid. I mean, we've seen a couple of those characters before. Um, obviously, got Jason Momoa doing uh, Aquaman, who's effectively playing the same damn character he did in Stargate Atlantis, which fine you know that works that's kind of what he does that's you know fine. <laughs> that's I, all, that's all he does mind. but he does it well so sure yeah um but yeah no i thought it looked pretty good i'm, I'm pretty stoked for this one I, I hope they can actually deliver a really really solid film for this one i, I mean the the big thing is going to be whether or not this leans more in the direction of batman v superman or wonder woman <laughs> um you know i actually think they've learned i think 
believe it or not, I mean, I know we joke about Warner Brothers a lot, but I, I think they may have learned. You know, they're over there watching. They were basically watching themselves get pantsed by by Marvel, by the MCU for years now. They throw their big marquee. I mean, you can, if if you swing and a miss on Batman versus Superman, you know, argue and you throw Wonder Woman in. Those are like the, arguably the three biggest comic book properties like walking around in the world, like you know, historically, so to speak. They, you know, they actually made money on that movie, a lot of money when you consider their global sales, but they whiffed so bad. They, that could have been highest grossing movie of all time ever, uh, just based on coverage that they would have gotten. I think they've learned, uh, I, in all honesty. I think they they saw massive, uh, massive positive reviews of Wonder Woman, which turns around and then you you bring in a reshoot, you know, to do the reshoots that they're doing on, uh, on Justice League. I suspect it's going to one not changing anything fundamentally, but it'll probably change the mood in some areas, where it'll be a little bit more friendly movie to to a wider audience. And and there's there's something distinct about the fact that the person they brought in to fix it yes. was, was Joss Whedon, who did the Avengers movie. Correct. <laughs> They're literally like, oh, let's let's uh, let's take a little bit of Marvel secret sauce. Let's literally hire the guy that they used and and have him fix ours. Hey, if it works, it works. But uh, I mean, yeah, like you guys were saying, I think that just from what we're seeing here, um, how they're kind of marketing and how they're showing and what we've seen, I think it definitely shows a bit of a spike in, in quality. So, you know, I, I do hope they can deliver something that is on par with the Avengers and, and kind of break the, the stigma that they've developed of that they can't make a decent movie. So um, I'm looking forward to this one. I'll definitely be checking this one out when it comes out. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, I, I think it'll definitely be a must watch, but it's I. I truly believe that they've, you know, this may be wishful thinking, but I think they've figured out that they need to change their formula a little bit. So we'll see. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, I think you mentioned a little bit before, uh, Jay, that the Flashpoint is announced as the first Flash movie. Um, it's going to feature the alternate timeline. If you're familiar with the Flashpoint uh, uh, storyline, it's basically, like you said, he goes back, Flash goes back, messes some stuff up, and in the timeline, and the the big difference is that um, instead of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents dying, it's actually um, Bruce Wayne and his mother, and then Thomas Wayne is the one that survives, and he becomes the Batman, uh, except it's a much darker, vengeful, like it's like a Punisher almost style. So yeah, that, that well, one. Hmm. There, there are. This is this is one of these. Uh, if there, if there's probably about you know, I, I could probably list quite a few, but I, I would say if I if you were going to tell if you were going to ask me, hey, pick five comic book story arcs slash graphic novels that you got to read if you you know like you know power hitting, uh, critically acclaimed sort of. Hey, this is you know this is why a lot of people think comic books can be art kind of things. Flashpoint would be one of them. Uh, and, and I'm not a huge Flash fan. By I'm not I did I did not collect their comics or any of the Flash series like when I was a kid or anything like that. And I, I kind of peripherally keep up with it. But that one I had and it, and uh, that was definitely and I've reread. It. I get you can get it on Comicsology for for not much. But that that was not the only change. It was a, a wide swath of universe universal changes in dc and so it became like its own parallel it, it was it started out as a way to have a you know dc periodically just reboots their whole universe uh, and they do it kind of in sequential order whereas marvel does it kind of in parallel so what the, what it became was there was that part with the batman who was you know a fairly significant uh component of the story 
there wasn't a Superman uh, in the world at all. Actually, Superman was had, would imagine instead of uh, the Clark scooping the kid up, you know, right when he came off the, you know, the the spaceship or the little rocket that the U.S. Army got there before the before the Clarks did and took the kid, and then he's basically been a lab rat for you know thirty years, and n- never seen the light of day. Uh, I mean, you had variations of of all of the DC characters. In fact, uh, Martha Wayne became the Joker. So Thomas Wayne became Batman, and his mother Martha Wayne became the Joker. And it was, but but it's this huge kind of touch on like how you know how things change and how how you make them right again. And they actually touched on a little bit of it in the in the uh, the TV series, and they did a pretty decent job of it. But it's they did only they just kind of paid homage to it. They didn't really go after it really hard. Cause one, it's, it's pretty hard to do uh, in a TV format like that. You could probably get away with it in a Netflix series, but you know, primetime TV, not so much. Um, so long story short, very good story arc, but it's, I will say this though, it, that is, that's swinging for the fences. Cause that is a fairly uh, heavy hitting and complex story to lay out on, um, Ezra Miller in his first solo outing as Flash. The fact that they're going for it, I, I if if that is you know if they stay true to that, I think that's going to be it has a potential to be pretty pretty baller if they you know if they cast it well and they go after it well. Uh, but uh, it's kind of high risk high reward because if you it's kind of like the Watchmen. If you take a, a property like that and then you don't do it well, you, you're gonna there's going to be hell to pay. You know even if it's a decent movie, you know anybody that knows that comic they'll spot the inconsistencies immediately a couple of things really quickly wasn't there an animated uh yes and it was pretty good it was pretty good because i did see that did see that it was it was actually pretty it it was a good was it it was like a 80 minute 85 minute animated movie uh it was a pretty good encapsulation of flashpoint you lose like some of the side stories and some of the the details and stuff but it was actually pretty solid now, do you think that they can encompass the, I guess the the moral, if you will, or the the main idea of of the series in say two hours, two and a half hours? I th- I think, um, yeah, I think it's possible. But you would like a lot of really good comic book things that they tend to happen over an arc, like over gotcha. multiple issues. It's so, only five issues, though. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's, it's super it's long. It's not that series. bad. I think you could. I, I think you could do it in. in I don't know that I would want a two-hour Flash movie, frankly, but that's kind of the standard <laughs> running time. Yeah, I think you could do it. You you would have to, you know, trim some things up, you know, or, you know, work some things around. Uh, but it's doable. Yeah, fair enough. It, it is, but it is a pretty heavy hitting story, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. It's it's always good to kind of see in the Flash kind of touches this quite a bit when they they kind of mix up things that you're very familiar with and go out from a different angle. It's it's always a very interesting way to see how things could have ended up very, very different just by, by one simple change. Well, Flash has been, because he is sort of been the kind of the deus ex machina for the universe changes in DC more than once, like more than a few times because of these kind of things, you know, Flashpoint notwithstanding, but, he, you know, so you even saw in Batman versus Superman that hallucination, not quite hallucination where the Flash comes back to try to find uh, Batman to warn him. Uh, there, that, that is, that will happen periodically in the DC universe just randomly. So 
it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. And and the more I watch the trailers, the more I'm a little bit more sold on Ezra Miller as the Flash. He, you know, seems like he might be able to pull it off. I was actually really in favor of Grant Gustin doing it from the the TV series, but uh, he's like I said, the more I watch the trailers, the more I'm like, yeah, I think this guy, I think this guy could be okay as the Flash. So we'll see. And if in fact they bring Jeffrey Jeffrey Dean Morgan back, who by the way did play Thomas Wayne in Batman versus Superman. You know, for like the 30 seconds of the, you know, the infamous, you know, Wayne, Wayne parents getting gunned down scene. Um, he would actually be a great Thomas Wayne in that role. Imagine him like, you know, Negan from Walking Dead, uh, his role in The Losers, which, by the way, is a great uh, graphic novel comic book, uh, as well as you know, any of the other sort of tough guy roles that he's had. Uh, he would be a really good Thomas Wayne, I think uh, it would probably work out pretty good. All right, sounds pretty good. So uh, I only sorry. got one thing that's, that's sure. uh, one DC thing. The one thing that a lot of people were looking for that they did not see was some visual representation of a Green Lantern in the movie. There is heavy hints uh, floating around the interwebs for a while now that there's going to be a an appearance by somebody from by some Green Lantern. Now, which one of the many it is, it's it's unknown. But there was a lot of speculation that. Uh, at Comic-Con, there was going to be some visual representation of a Green Lantern. There was not. So just FYI, that was one of the things I was looking for that I did not see. Do you think they'll kind of – it'll be kind of a surprise reveal like it was the Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman where it's they, – they don't really push it immediately that this is – that it's going to be in there. And then halfway through the film, it's like, oh, shit. Do you think they'll go that direction uh, with it? Or? They might. I think there's uh, – I, I think it's going to be overtly mentioned at some point that there's – there's like a, a core of Emerald space cops somewhere in the movie, but there's a, like I said, there's a lot of speculation that a green lantern will appear. Now what, where that is and what significant role, I don't know. Uh, but they're still trying to, they're still talking about driving forward with a green lantern movie, but they want to kind of change it up instead of picking one. They want to pick both the John Stewart and Hal Jordan. So you kind of get a lethal weapon in space kind of thing. N- not too sure about that one, but you know, we'll see. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so let's pivot back to uh, some Marvel stuff and Thor. Thor Ragnarok got a new trailer, and uh, this this one my looks... friend from work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, th- I'm actually pretty stoked for this one, especially after this trailer. Just the whole uh, Thor and and Hulk just kind of you know chilling out in space, doing their their bromance or whatever. It's it looks pretty 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 hilarious. So I'm, I, I'm looking forward that. to this. We fought yesterday. Did I win? Well, I, I beat you handily. That doesn't sound right. No, 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 I didn't. <laughs> it's the truth. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> or they're, they're sitting there, and um, the time I was like, yeah, we're both like fire. He's like, yeah, I'm like fire, and you're like water. Like, no, we're both fire. He's like, okay, but I'm a raging fire. You're just you're just a normal fire. He's like, fine. <laughs> you know, we'll just go with it. <laughs> well, and, and this, was, this was really interesting to me to see that they are going to do m- – a lot with Hulk more than, or at least hopefully a lot more than just, you know, Hey, he's the, the, the beast in this one scene or something. Um, because one of the things that was discussed recently is that, uh, Mark Ruffalo basically said, there's probably not going to be an actual Hulk movie anytime soon. And that really it's going to be, you know, that they're getting a bunch of Hulk footage into other movies and that it should tell a story over an arc that should be more or less like, his own movie worth um 
And uh, the whole big thing with that is that Universal Pictures still owns the distribution rights to a Hulk movie. So if they make a Hulk movie, Disney doesn't actually get to publish it. Um, so there's probably not going to be like a standalone Hulk movie. So, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that that probably for that character works better anyway. Uh, one Mark Ruffalo is, he's an excellent actor and you'd want to really showcase him, but you go see a Hulk movie, you know, really to see the Hulk. So that's kind of, you know, the difference between like Batman and Bruce Wayne is really, you know, for all intents and purposes, Batman is Batman all the time. And he just plays being Bruce Wayne when he needs to. Uh, whereas the Hulk, it's, you know, it's just a whole different alter your ego, like physically, mentally, the whole shift. I, it does. It's also clear that you're going to see more, uh, more of Banner's personality or more, more of the communication, you know, like capability of the Hulk in this movie, which I think is a good idea because that, that does happen over time. We have not actually, seen enough of the Hulk in, in any, any real form. Um, but in the comics that like matures over time where like the Hulk actually can speak, you know, and he can communicate. Uh, and it's, he's still as smart as, I mean, he is still Bruce Banner, but he's controlled by his emotion and his rage. Uh, so it's, it will be more interesting to see him kind of, uh, you know, develop that part of the Hulk. And I think that would, uh, that'll work pretty well. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty stoked for like I said that 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 pair of characters. I, I like that they've taken Thor and kind of given it more of a comedic twist. Um, not not too much where it's 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 overbearing, but just kind of these snarky comments. And of course, you throw Loki into the mix, and it's just like this is great. So you know, I'm 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 looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really solid and it should be fun to see. Yeah, I think uh, I've I've seen a couple of people sort of make tentative. Um, uh, allusions to this might be a bit of a, a Guardians of the Galaxy esque vibe in the uh, in the movie, and, and from what the trailers look like, that's that's very much what they're selling. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that's a good thing. Um, that's that's what draws me to those films, anyways. So I'm, I'm, yeah, that's good. Okay, so moving along away from superheroes for a minute, uh, Kingsman, Kingsman Two: The Golden Circle. Um, we talked about this one before it got a new trailer, but uh, yeah, it looks like more of the same and that's a good thing. I mean, what do you guys think? I'm excited. Really excited. I've really liked the first one. So hopefully this next one will be, will be just as good. If not better. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I, the, the thing that was kind of hinted at in the first trailer um, that, that they really kind of clarify and expound here is, is the whole thing with, uh, the the statesman's being uh you know the the american version of the kingsman and and just by god is it american (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like you take all the epic overpoweredness of the kingsman scenes and then make it a cowboy with a shotgun and and, And, and and a skipping rope right (laughs) yeah that's just that is fantastic um i i I'm so excited about this. I can't wait. Um, and it's, and the casting is intriguing. It's a very, uh, very big and varied cast for this. And, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm psyched. This is going to be good. Yep. Yep. Should be good. Uh, so another one that actually popped up that amazingly, I have actually never heard of this before. And I might, you know, have some screeching in the background. We're not this, sure what's wrong with Pokey. I, I don't Sometimes know. Sometimes Pokey misses things. Like I, I don't read, so I haven't read this. How but have like you not read it, Zell. What the hell? Because I don't read, but but like I've like, heard of it. 
Like, I don't know how you could not have heard of its existence and or it, that it's it, becoming a movie. And, and it's weird because it's the kind of thing that's absolutely up my alley. Um, the thing we're talking about, the it, is uh, there was a book written by, it's, it's called Ready Player One, and it got a trailer because it's being made into a movie. And I, I don't know much about this, so I'll hand this over to people who apparently have not been living under a rock for ba- the ba- last read it. He, 30 years. Based on um, his statement. I, I read it a lot. Yeah. So, so summarize. T- yeah, tell Explain. us about it. Uh, you guys are killing me. I'm, I'm over here eating. Hey, go. I told you, okay. to the background. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Re- Ready Player One uh, is is a novel from 2011 by a guy named Ernest Klein. So he he uh, he basically flash forward to about things like 2045, something like that. About the time Blade Runner is going to happen, more or less. And it follows a, uh, a, a young guy, a protagonist uh, named Parsival he, through this adventure to try to uh, locate this, this huge prize in this digital world called Oasis. So the digital world, or like the, inter- the, the interweb, if you will, is, is imagine like every game known to man in this perfect virtual reality uh, setup that you'd kind of jack into the matrix into, so to speak, with, you know, like, VR on steroids is you know not quite holodeck, but it's you really sort of plug into it, and that's what pretty much everybody in the world does for any kind of inter- entertainment or really to get away from this incredibly horrible life that is the real world. Again, kind of you know sort of a Blade Runner esque feel actually uh, to the to the universe. So the guy that made it, uh, the two guys that made it, if you kind of look at the timeline of when it w- when the book was made and when. Um, when the story is supposed to happen, they grew up in like the eighties, the eighties and the nineties. So they're about the age of the author, basically when he wrote this. So in their world, they leave these Easter eggs all over this, you know, incredibly immersive digital world, which is literally how, how people just live. So these Easter eggs, they're really uh, puzzle pieces to this contest. So when one of the, one of the founders of Oasis dies, he basically says, if you, solve the riddle if you find all these easter eggs and you solve this riddle uh you will gain control of oasis you literally get the company you get everything uh which is as you can imagine for a world that's pretty much you know like the one percent are the one percent and everybody else is 99 there's no middle class anymore uh that drives this massive online uh fighting like corporations are going like you know, hotshot gamers from all over the world are going after it. So imagine everybody that's a gamer, like your your life is being a gamer. So everybody is piling in. So it's very, you kind of get these tones of the Matrix slash, you know, Blade Runner, whatever you want. Anything that you can imagine pop culture is in here. Now, here's the kicker. So when he wrote the book, he basically took every pop culture reference you could possibly imagine, like real ones, like music, comic book, games, tabletop games, political, anything. And it's packed into the book. And those are what the Easter eggs are. So every character and every setting in Ready Player One in the book, and and it looks like from the trailer of the movie, are very well-known, like almost public property type things. And it wouldn't surprise me if they went and got a ridiculous amount of uh, permissions and rights or not rights, but like, you know, V rights to a ton of different stuff across the deck from different, uh, you know, like different studios and game houses and all kind of other stuff. I mean, there, you know, everything from Pac-Man to Blade Runner, 
uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, everything was in this book uh, when they when they made it. Dungeons and Dragons, all that kind of good stuff. So I, that's what it looks like the trailer is. They're basically trying to recapture that. And it's really this great send up of pop culture references across the into and it's very thick with them across the entire book. And if they do that in the in the uh in the movie, it's gonna be awesome. And you and you could see like I don't know how you do an Easter egg video for for what we saw in that trailer. Like I, like when you have Deadpool, Iron Giant, Batman like riding a shark and yeah, I mean it, like you can't you can't get any better than that. You know, that's it's it's pretty wicked good. Uh so it is it is definitely a nerd slash geek gamer kind of dream movie. Uh, and the book itself, by the way, I, I gotta get, I gotta give an absolute shot to that. The book is really good. I mean, it's, it's a really, really well, well done book. Uh, got a lot of awards when it came out, a uh, ton of, ton of different awards when it first came out. So I would one highly recommend the book, but that trailer looks killer and Spielberg is running this one. So he usually doesn't miss much. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, Really hoping this turns out well. So we're going to have to reread the book again before the movie comes out for the podcast is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, so, okay. and, and that should be okay. It, it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not too terribly uh, long of a book if I remember correctly. It's not, well, it? it's, I mean, it's like 350 pages plus, yeah, but it, re- it reads really, really fast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically about the same reading level as most of your Harry Potter books and, you know, stuff like that. So, and in fact, I think it was, kind of designed as a young adult book if when it was first came out i think the only thing that they're really looking to upgrade is a lot of the pop culture stuff to capture a little bit more of what's been happening in the last you know eight nine years since the since the book came out uh and i think they've adjusted a couple of the characters like tj miller is playing a guy named irock he's an he's uh he started out as like as described as an internet troll and his is and his is the big green troll in the book in, in the trailer uh but apparently he's he's more of a boba fett sort of bounty hunter kind of guy with a quote-unquote interesting personality so again the you know you got all these evil corporate people and they start like trying to buy people off sending people into the game to kill them and trying to do it in real life so it has the makings of a great movie when it first came out i remember reading it and i was like this would make a pretty killer movie and it, it's uh I I am very hopeful that this will come out and do well. Yeah, I mean, I when I first saw the trailer, I, I knew nothing about it, and I'm just like, what is this? This has everything in it. Like, and I, I'm rewatching it while well, while you guys are talking, and it's like I you catch new little references here and there that you didn't see before. Like, this trailer is absolutely packed with everything you can imagine. So, if the film is anything like the trailer, this should be a crazy ride. But it looks very entertaining, so I'm I'm looking forward to that one as well. Alrighty, so moving along, we've got another film that's coming out on Netflix, Netflix original movie, that is played by Will Smith, and it is called Bright. And this one is kind of interesting. If if you're at all familiar with kind of our discussions about the Shadowrun series, it kind of takes uh, a cyberpunk sort of setting and injects all kinds of fantasy elements like orcs, elves, dragons, that sort of thing. Um, this is similar in the sense that it's not cyberpunk, but it's kind of more of a modern day, what you might expect, you know, just 2017. But again, with those elements of, it's like you know. A, it's like a cop movie with, with orcs and elves and fairies. Yeah, basically. But it's it's kind of got this uh, interesting undertone of, you know, you've got all these different kinds of races living together 
obviously more than just different kinds of humans. It's it's you know orcs and elves, and I think at the beginning Will Smith is swatting a, a fairy out of his uh, bird feeder in front of his porch. So you know it's it's that sort of a feel to it. I mean, uh, Jay, I mean, you know, we've we've talked about Shadowrun quite a bit. What are your thoughts on on this sort of thing? Uh, it, the trailer looked really good. Uh, I I was kind of surprised. I just thought it was a movie. I didn't realize it was a Netflix movie, which it seems like they're they're definitely making a move into kind of bigger bigger and better things. But it it looks very interesting. Uh, it's obviously got you know we were talking about before the show. It's got a lot of tones to to the Shadow Run series in terms of that mixing of modern world and the fantasy elements. And it, they're playing it pretty straight. It looks like they're playing it you know pretty. Uh, uh, pretty down the line. So Will Smith had a couple interesting comments about it. I'm, I'm not a huge Will Smith fan. You know what the guy does. He does well, but he he, he kind of he basically said that this is the first time he's been in a movie where he gets to be racist to somebody else. But <laughs> and he was somewhat serious about. It. He's like, no, he's like, it's it's kind of interesting. So you've got there's humans, and then there's all these like meta humans. You know the elves. You know trolls or orcs or whoever and i sure and i assume there's probably you know, fairies and i assume there's probably other ones but humans are definitely at the top of the food chain no matter what color you are and then there's them so his reactions to them are you know in his it's he kind of alluded to like that mimics how people would act to him in other movies you know like how they were you know whatever they were told that you know like from a an acting standpoint or in a scene, like how they would act from, you know, in terms of a racist standpoint towards him. And he's now doing it to these, his character, uh, his partner, an orc who is played by Joel Edgerton, who's a really, really cool character actor uh, was uh, Owen Lars from the original uh, or the, the prequel star Wars movies. He's been in a ton of different like indie movies, pretty, pretty solid dude. Uh, done some action, action movie stuff. And he was also in Zero Dark Thirty as is uh, kind of the SEAL team leader with uh, Chris Pratt. So he's been around. He's actually a really, really good actor. Done some done some really good stuff. But it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. And basically, the the MacGuffin that they're after is a magic wand. And apparently, magic is outlawed. Like the use of magic is outlawed. It's a known thing, but nobody's allowed to use it. It's, you know, so somebody finds a wand, a magic wand, a, a apparently very powerful, and then you get like all kinds of people that want this thing. And so it's up to the two cops to keep, keep it safe or at least, you know, keep it under wraps uh, from other cops that want it as well as the bad guys that want it. And then some undefined, the bad guy, you know, lady looks like a elf or something like that. So overall looks pretty good. Uh, I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, they didn't. And I think the choice of kind of limiting the magic in it kind of like lowers their, their, uh, effects budget which is probably pretty smart then they can just rely on basic practical effects that you'd get in like a modern day placed cop drama but th- this movie looks really good like it looks it, when, they, it, that's oh, yeah. I'm saying, when i when they said when i caught that it was a netflix movie i went back and rewatched the trailer and i was like what this is this is one of those like where you know like there's the old there was the old line um the, the joke and I, I think it was kevin spacey or something who delivered this about uh, about um how netflix wasn't winning any emmys and and wasn't being taken seriously so they they you know went went to the neighborhoods and stuff that that emmy voters were and they painted that town with money and then that year they won three emmys this is kind of this feels like that it's like they're they're like yes we we don't just make you know shoddy adam sandler movies we make movies now uh, yes and 
I would say that's definitely started with their TV series that they've made, Siri that they've made. Um, but this is, I think, this is their first like no shit like feature movie, right? They definitely have other movies, but this is the first movie that I I've looked at and been like, yeah, yeah, fair this, enough. This this feels like something I would pay twelve bucks to go see in a theater. Yeah, I was I was really impressed by the quality of it. And it, it uh, you can like like you said, Jay, they're really they're really upping their game over at Netflix to really kind of deliver on point on on point with with things you'd actually see in the theater as well. So you know, it, it should be good. Yeah, no, it will it will be interesting. Hey, uh, speaking of Netflix, total random one here. Uh, so, uh, who's the director of Dark Knight and Dunkirk? Uh, Nolan. Yeah, Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. He actually came out and absolutely teed off on Netflix this week. Did you guys hear about that? No, I haven't. Yeah, you know, he he absolutely threw heavy shade on them in terms – he's, he's basically saying, when I make movies, I make movies for you to watch in a movie studio. Much So much like Zell's commentary about like going to see – you know, we're talking about going to see movies and you know, seeing an IMAX like Spider-Man, stuff like that. And they were talking about Dunkirk, which is – it's very specifically shot and made to be watched in a very specific way in types, certain types of theaters, uh, which, by the way, is getting massively good reviews. I'm going to go see it this week. I have uh, heard that. It, it kind of makes me want to see it. Like, it, it wasn't – like, I saw, like, how many commercials they had for it. Like, one of the times I was in an IMAX theater, they literally had their trailer split up into, like, four segments. They had, like, a segment about Dunkirk between each other movie trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, I, what he, do you you realize what he did, right? Like he actually filmed three different. He they very literally his design choice was to film three different movies, and they run on three different time scales, and then they edit yep. them together into a into a single story. Yep. Interesting. It, it's yeah, so, uh, anyway. So Nolan, what he did, he he basically said, I, like most movie movie makers, like series directors, like people that are trying to put a, a series movie out. They make them in a way that you're designed to watch. You're you're supposed to watch them on 70 millimeter IMAX, you know, like big screen for a reason. So watching them on Netflix actually takes away from the movies. Like, why would I? Because somebody was saying, "Hey, are you? Would you like to go? You know, would you, what do you think about going to do a Netflix? You know, like a Netflix series or a Netflix movie?" And he was basically like, "Hell no! I don't make movies for that. I make movies for you to go to a movie theater and watch." And it was it was he was not joking around. It was. It was pretty serious. I mean, I can definitely see that because, you know, I I, I buy a lot of Blu-rays. So I, I buy, like, all the Marvel movies I have in Blu-ray and stuff like that. And it really does lose something outside of the theater. Like, when, when you first, like, when, when I went to see, like, the Avengers movie in IMAX 3D, there was freaking applause, like, every five minutes. It was it was a, an experience to even, yeah, it was, like, it was be a present. That's, that's what and was then, part of it. You watch it on a disc, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's okay. Um, and so I definitely see what he's saying there, though I, I would say that Netflix may not be pushing that. Like, Netflix is actually, I think, had discussions about having some of their stuff shown in theaters. They're really trying to transition to being an all-around, uh, you know, production empire of their own. And and so I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if bright managed to at least a limited theatrical release yeah no i i think you're right so i just pulled up the article it was basically in gq uh, and i'll link the article to you just so you can take take a look at it but he he really does kind of 
kind of tee off on. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, so he, he said uh, they've got a mindless policy of everything has to be simultaneously streamed and released. So they're not even getting into the theatrical game, and I think they're missing a huge opportunity. And he kind of talks a little bit about Amazon Studios, studios and some things like that. And it's he doesn't like. It's interesting. So he he does not like any of his movies being on digital format. He he fully recognizes why they have to be and that they will. But things like like lap like viewing his movies on laptops, he he like he really doesn't care for. <laughs> it's and and you know what? The guy makes some killer flicks and he's got a really good track record. So if you if you build movies from that approach, from the appro- approach that it is art and is desired to and it's it is content that is designed to be consumed in a certain way. I can kind of understand where he's from, but anyway, anyway, interesting note since that guy's a uh, uh, a hot topic sort of uh, sort of director, and you know that's uh, and we were talking a little bit about Netflix, so I, I just a little tangent there. Sorry. No, that's really interesting stuff. That's good to share. All right, another film that did pop up, uh, Pacific Rim Two, and I know Bate will have have something to complain about this one. But uh, for those of you who who did see the original Pacific Rim, uh, not much of a trailer. I think more of kind of setting a, a tone for what the plot might kind of go down without showing too much. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? That's really it's, stupid. It's Glados. It is gl- <laughs> the all is you need to know. They got her voice, and they basically used the same voice effect as Portal. I'm, I'm. They did it. They did it for the previous movie too. I'm enthused. Whatever. Um, Pacific Rim was like. I mean, again, this doesn't tell us much about the 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 new movie coming out yet. But uh, Pacific Rim was one of those movies that, to me, just kind kind of came out of left field and was really solidly done. It was just enjoyable to watch. No, it wasn't. Yeah, whatever. It was, Go away. It, Go away. It, it was. It was. It was surprisingly good. Um, for those of you who didn't see the original, uh, basically the, the idea is that these aliens are these giant monsters, Godzilla style sort of thing, is coming out of a portal um, out in the ocean, and so humans develop these giant robots called Jaegers, which they use to fight and defend the port cities from these. Uh, I think they were ka- kaiju. They were called. That's yes. It, it's um, it's basically Max versus Godzilla type stuff basically yeah. which which sounds generic as hell but it was actually well a little cheesy actually pretty pretty entertaining to watch uh spoilers at the end they stop the monsters and you know everyone's happy um but I, I think kind of the vibe i got from what they did kind of show off is that if you have the ability to make giant robots and you no longer have anything to fight with giant robots the obvious logical choice is to make giant robots fight giant robots. And so I think you're mm-hmm. going to kind of see this, um, this, this movement in the plot to have it where it's like, well, we've got all these things sitting around and we can make new ones. So let's turn it into a, you know, a sport where you're basically, you can, you can have your own Jaeger and you can fight in these, you know, giant gladiator battles against other Jaegers. And I think that's kind of the direction they're going to go with it, which makes sense um, given how, how things ended in the first film. So yeah, cause they know. really did wrap that. They closed the portal spoilers. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I could see that. I really wasn't thinking about it. I was just like, Ooh, cool. They're making another one. Uh, but that does make a lot of sense where, where you're, you're thinking. Yeah, so like, like I said, you can check it out. There's, they don't show much. They just show off a lot of cool CGI renders of different kinds of Jaegers. It, it's, it's kind of played up almost like a sales pitch for, hey, you could have one of these if you do whatever. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I do kind of hope they can, again, kind of be surprisingly good for what it is. So uh, looking forward to seeing more of that uh, in the near future. A uh, couple other things with uh, films coming out. New Blade Runner 2049 trailer. Um 
you know, we've kind of been tracking this one for a while. Uh, I just go check it out. It's kind of expanding upon what the first one kind of hinted at. So you can kind of get a feel for what's going on. Obviously, you know, it's, it's a bit of a time skip between the first movie and this one. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of new characters. Obviously you have some returning ones, but uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out. It looks, it looks really solid. I'm, I'm pretty stoked for this one. Uh, also one more thing I wanted to touch on uh, at the Comic-Con, they released another trailer for the Death Note movie. that's coming out on Netflix. Uh, just just because I've, I've I've watched the original many times and wasn't a fan of the other films that came out, I did want to comment on this one a bit. Uh, you know, I, I think now that I've I've taken a closer look at what they are trying to do with this, it's clear that they've departed fairly heavily from a lot of the characters and in, in kind of what what makes up the characters. I, I think that you know, while it would be great to have a perfect recreation, if you can't get it right, then if you you'll kind of deviate pretty far from the original and keep the same core concepts, but the characters are, are kind of new and remade. Um, it might kind of help it to make it be its own thing. That's more of an inspired by rather than a based on. So, you know, it, like I said, the characters are very different. The light character in particular is very, very different. Um, he's not at all like the original, um, which could be good or bad. I think they might be kind of adapting this a bit for American audiences just because, you know, of the way that the original character was, was personified. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to watch this just because I feel like I have to, but uh, my, my, my opinion of it has raised a little bit. Um, I, I will say that the work they did with the Ryu character, who's the death God character, absolutely spot on. Like that's, that's really, really well done. I was very impressed with that. So on, on that point, that's, that's fantastic. He might make it worth seeing just for that. Um, but yeah, I think my opinion has gone up a little bit on this one. So we'll, we'll be sure to cover that when it comes out and I'll be, I'll be watching that one. Okay. So we, <laughs> that was just the movies. We're moving on to the, some of the television <laughs> shows now. Well, it's, uh, no, it's a television show. You had that in the wrong category, didn't you? Uh, I, I think it's a movie, actually. Yeah, it, it, it's a movie. Which okay. is also interesting, because it's a it's a long series, the original, so it would be hard to compact that point for point into a film uh, format, so again, how, it might be good to kind of mix that up a bit. Alright, you're right, you're right I'm fine. Series. Uh, it, is a full, it is a full, it's not a 24, 26 episodes, so it's a full two seasons. Oh, okay. or or something cl- you know I'm not I didn't sure realize the- it was that long was it I th- I think I think the second season might have been a little short it might have been I'm not sure I'll look that up but uh yeah it was it was it was almost two full seasons if not a full 24 26 episodes so it's not like stupid long like a lot of other Oh no! Like a lot of other, a lot of other popular animes, I guess. I no, it's it's not like a shonen, you know, Bleach, Naruto style thing. It's it's just it, it's it's a standard two seasons, not like an ongoing five hundred episodes of uh-huh. shit. You know, it's it's actually yeah. a self-contained, complete story. Um, so yeah. So let's move along to some of the television news here. Um, kind of rapid fire on a couple of these because we've we've discussed them in depth uh, for a while. Uh, the Defenders um, got a new trailer. What'd you guys think of that one? It a makes me, fights. yeah, oh yeah. It makes me wish I had Netflix, like so go up and finish all the other Marvel uh, TV series. But alas, I, uh, I, I hope. I, I think. I think it's. I think they've. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm a little bit torn on this one. I think it's going to be pretty decent. And the things that were not as good in some of the latter Netflix series, like so. I was a big fan of the Luke Cage series, but there were some parts of that were definitely kind of slowed down or there wasn't quite as good as Jessica Jones. And I, I certainly have a distaste for the Iron Fist stuff. But no. I think when you 
when I think I thought you, she loved it. When I when I think you bring them all together, though, it, they can they are they're good. They're all actually really good actors, and I think they can play off each other pretty well. Uh, the big thing is, I, I just kind of hope they get a little bit of the sort of the iconic uh, uh, iconic scenes and you know some of the the action down a little bit better. But I, I think it's gonna be pretty solid. I, it's gonna be I suspect that around a B plus level in terms of a grade, which is a you know, between B plus and A minus is what most of their other stuff, pretty much all the rest of their stuff has been getting. Um, so that's, yeah, it looks okay. I mean, they're still it making it fun of bad. They're still making fun of Iron Fist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the fact that they make fun of him in the trailer helps me a lot with the trailer. <laughs> yep. Yep. Looks pretty good. Uh, and, and just to, to dial back real quick, um, Death Note was 37 episodes was the original series. It was two wow. seasons. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty long. I, the second season slowed down. Um, it had a lot of problems with pacing, but the first season was very solid. But anyway, so moving along here, we've got uh, Inhumans. That was another one that, that came up. That got a new trailer. Um, this one looks kind of weird. I, I don't think it's my cup of tea. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's weird. I'll go see the IMAX. We'll see if it sells me on the rest of it. I, 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 I'm curious because I watch S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, how much they'll try and build up to it. Um you know, if, if it's got, it's got to have some MCU tie. And so presumably they'll kind of lean towards it with shield at, at, in next season, which I think they still get one more season or something. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Also not my cup of tea. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not too sure about how well this one's going to work out. I mean, they've, they've got some pretty good casting in it, but doing the inhumans, that's like, you know, definitely full blown, like cosmic slash Avengers level stories in the comic book. So trying to do that on the TV budget, mm, not sure. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got away with a lot of good stuff because they would use, it was kind of like the X-Files. They would use things like their their SF, their, their uh, effects budget very sparingly and, and went in for effect, like when they, like literally, like no pun intended, when they needed to. Uh, that, that's actually gotten a little, they've, as the season's gone on with uh, Agents of Shield, they've kind of gotten more and more. With the advent of things like Ghost Rider and some of the other ones, you get like some more actual comic book visuals going on in there. Which, by the way, I'm a huge fan of the Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider and Agents Wait, of Shield. Ghost Rider is an Agents of Shield. Yes. Oh my god, where and have you he's been? awesome. I haven't fucking watched it. Well, it's not. It yeah. is not the Johnny Blaze version, although he makes an appearance. It is the Robbie Reyes version. It's the the new Marvel imprint, and he's. It's really he does the guy they got is really good. Uh, it's he's really really good. I don't I don't know the difference. I just know the fucking Nicholas Cage. It was a, a Nicholas Cage that did those those Ghost yep. Rider movies a couple years back. Yeah. So uh, this one is uh, it's not Diego Luna. That's the guy from Rogue One. Jeez. Well, uh, what was the guy's name? Zell. Uh, Robbie Reyes in Agents of Shield. It, that's his name in Agents of Shield. No, no, yeah, but I, no shit. Who plays him? I don't know who plays him. We're, we're not Google. We, like we killing me. I mean, normally we'd try and prepare for this, but we we had no plans of talking Gabriel about Gabriel Luna. Okay, I, I think no. Is it? I don't know. I have yes. no idea. Just say yes and carry on. It is Gabriel <laughs> Luna. So ha. But uh, anyway, he he's really good. So the big difference, he's you know kind of an inner city guy from East LA, street racer, uh, huge accident, uh, and instead of a motorcycle which is sort of the traditional ghost rider. He's got a hell charger. So he's got like a 1970s charger. That, yeah. With it's pretty fire wicked. with fiery. Wheels and, yeah, dude. And it, 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 well, the cool thing is they established like in his, like how he became ghost rider 
he's found by the Johnny Blaze ghostwriter. Like, see, he thinks he made a deal with the devil. What really happened is Johnny Blaze, the, the, the ghostwriter you've seen, you know, the Nick Cage version, yeah. probably not Nick Cage, but that, that original ghostwriter was the, was the thing that saved him or brought him back and gave him a part of himself to become the ghost rider, which is, so that was a huge, that was a huge opening for the rest of the Marvel universe. Wait, so there's two of them now then? There's, there's been several. It, but at the same time though? Yeah. So <laughs> the, the other thing is that's interesting about that is that uh, ghost rider has had more than one interaction quite a few interactions with Doc Strange over the years. So there was a ton of speculation that at some point, if they ever do like a uh, Doctor Strange 2 or something like that, which they frankly may not, that he, uh, Diego Luna would be a great uh, addition, even in a short scene as the Ghost Rider visiting Doctor Strange. You know, that that was one of those like thin links back to the MCU and the TV world. That'd be really cool. It sounds pretty good. We got another another movie, or sorry, another, another TV series coming up. We talked about this one before as well. Um, this one is you know a little more X Men related, The Gifted. Um, this is about the kids that basically are are <clears throat> they they're out, outed as being mutants, and so at, at this point in the universe, you know, mutants are being hunted down and imprisoned and, and you know experimented on. But and so the, the, it's going to follow them trying to you know escape and and fight for their their freedom and that sort of thing. Uh, this one got a new trailer as well. Um, I think they dived a little bit more into uh, the actual plots and kind of the universe building with with what they're trying to go for here. Um, they, they they really kind of touched heavily, I think, on <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, touch heavily on, you know, hey, we're not the guys with resources, with flying jets and stuff. We're just a couple of kids, you know, trying to trying to just survive out here. Um, and I think that probably sets the tone of of the series um, pretty heavily. So, what'd you guys think of this one? We'll see. I got so many shows yeah. to pick through yeah. now. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, there this the superhero genre has become like now has there are sub genres of superhero shows now. <laughs> I mean. I mean, there's everybody gets one. Everybody gets a Marvel series. I, I think it was fine when it was just movies. You know, you get them once or twice a year, but then it was like, yeah, there's 12 new series out, and it's like, Gee, are you people not sick of this yet? Like, and uh, and I skipped, holy crap. I skipped all the like new season trailers. I figure, you know, if you, if you're not already watching a season, discussing the next season's probably boring. So I let you know there. The amount of stuff that came out of Comic Con, there were like trailers for the new uh, new season of Westworld, the new all the new uh, all the DC shows, their new seasons. Um, just there's Walking so Dead. there's so much there's so I, much. I actually, you know, somebody uh, I, I was listening to a show the other day, and they, they had a pretty interesting comment that there's enough uh, of these like sci-fi, fantasy slash comic book movies that are out now that it's they are a bit of their own genre, but a lot of times. They're just, it's like, yeah, that's, that's like a cop movie. It has fantasy overtones or yeah, that's like a spy movie, but it's got some superheroes in it a la winter soldier or something like that. And and that's probably a, you know, a good sign that these things are, are dramatically more accepted. This and is a, ma- they, this is a yeah. mainstream thing now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and, and then it makes you, then it kind of, you know, to me, the next logical leap is, and we've talked about this before is like, at what point do you get a movie with, with these kind of tones or notes that gets some kind of serious, you know, like golden globes, slash, <laughs> you know, no, uh, not, not until, not until all the, the old stuffy white people, um, and, and, 
that vote kick you, you it or something. You realize I'm one of those guys, right? I, so. I know. The, I, you're I not have... that old. I'm talking <laughs> old, old, old. Not you, old. You're 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 not that old. I do. All I do think. I do think that it you could probably because it, it, it's kind of hip to like these things now, and Hollywood loves being hip. It wouldn't surprise me if if something like old like Logan gets a nod or two with like best supporting actor or something like that for Patrick Stewart, but. I could see something like that is like when you start seeing that occasionally with some nominations, you'll know you're kind of clearly, clearly deep in the mainstream at that point. I think that movie will win some award. Well, I mean, you you always get effects awards for, for, for genre movies, but you know what? Yeah. What, once you start seeing like best actor, best supporting actor, those sorts of roles start to go to these type of movies. That'll, that'll be a, a distinct difference. I think. Yeah, I agree. All right, sounds pretty good. Um, moving along here, so I got a question for you guys. When I say Sci-Fi Channel original movie, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Big ass spider. Mega Shark versus um, God. What is Mega? Oh, Mecha Shark. Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. That's Sharknado and yeah, Sharknado. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. Th- 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 those kind of things. So when Sci-Fi comes out and says, "Hey, we're making a Superman movie." Uh, what do you think? Are you, is this Krypton? Yes, this is Krypton. Uh, oh, was there a trailer for that? There was. Oh, a short that. teaser. Wait, is this a movie? I moved it down to TV because I could have sworn oh, it was TV. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but still, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a series. It's a TV it's series. A series. Sci-Fi makes some great TV series right now. Who sometimes. Made, sometimes. Who made Smallville? Was that TNT or Sci-Fi? Neither. None, none of the above. <laughs> really? <laughs> who? Oh. Okay, who... Makes all Shit. of the DC TV shows. DC TV shows is CW. one channel. Oh, is it really? <laughs> oh, I didn't know yeah. That. But this is not. This is Sci-Fi Channel. This is Sci-Fi making a uh, Krypton. So it's it's probably not specifically uh, Superman, but it's probably it's, a backstory. It's but House of doing all it. prequel stuff. Like right. it's going to be alien politics on Krypton type of stuff. Um and uh, yeah, I mean so. Sci-Fi Channel has some awesome shows right now, by the way. I just want to specify this. They've got um, Dark Matter, which is like a classic ensemble sci-fi show in the, the you know, Star Trek Firefly type of vein. They've got uh, Killjoys, which is a little bit more modern, couple couple basically space bounty hunters group. Um, the Expanse is uh, really fantastic. Um, it's got a lot of political tones to it and stuff like that. They have some really great shows these days where this will rank. I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's yet another sci-fi show. It probably will not in any way tie or relate to the, every other uh, DC TV show out there. So who knows? Yeah. I think at the very least, it'll be kind of an interesting perspective on probably a, a part of the, of the Superman saga that hasn't been touched on too heavily, I think. So it should, it should be interesting. Um, you are right, though. If it is indeed a series, they, they do have some good stuff out there. So, you know, it'll be good to keep an eye on this one and see how it plays out. So now, speaking of other space-related uh, series... Welcome um, back to my territory. Well, welcome back it's... to the territory of Zell. Uh, Star Trek Discovery got a new trailer, and I'm, I'm sure you were you were bouncing up and down in your seat, Zell. So what do you think? Well, you know, I mean, so Discovery could be really really good or and and you know revitalize the franchise or it could just be you know whatever them trying too hard to be cool um so it's really hard for me to make a call on this one um i have friends uh i have a lot of 
friends that are Trekkies. Although I don't want to make it sound like I have a lot of friends because it's not true. Um, but I have a friend who's a Trekkie who's completely trashing this and everything he hears about it, he, he trashes it. I'm not willing to prejudge it. In, in um, classic Trekkie fashion, he is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so um, I'm not willing to do that. I'm, I'm definitely going to give this a shot and see how it goes. Um it is back in the you know original Star Trek universe. It's supposed to meet continuity despite being ten years before the original series show and looking nothing like it. Um, so there's there's a lot we'll see. I mean, Star Trek's never really gone for like the the uh, miniseries story arc type show, so this is going to be very different. Um, I, I'm it, it'll be interesting. Um, and and they this is the first time they've shown uh, footage with the captain of the Discovery, which is uh, Jason Isaacs uh, playing. I don't know the character name, um, but uh, you know it, it it'll it'll be worth checking out uh, if you either don't live in the U.S. and can just watch it on Netflix, or if you decide you want to pay six or seven dollars a month to watch it on on CBS All Access, which nobody will, or you no pirate, one will, which is what most people will do, probably. Um, I will pay the, the money because I'm a diehard Trekkie and I, I don't care. Um, yeah, that's, that's that one. Okay. And so moving along to kind of the parody version of Star Trek, we've got the Orville, which I have no interest in, but you seem keen I, on I'm, it. So what I'm do you ex- think? I'm excited. It, this, I, I thought the, uh, the previous trailer was better. Uh, the previous trailer had more, um, more comedy to it. I think it told more story and, they just threw kind of some extra aliens in here from like I, the, the first trailer was all footage, presumably from the pilot episode. And this trailer has a bunch of other alien races, which you can presume are probably in, in the following episodes. So um, not a lot different here. Um, the, the big question I have for this is that I don't actually like Seth MacFarlane or his comedy in, in most cases. Um, but he has promised in, uh, various interviews that they actually do do their work on being a a decent science fiction outing. Um, and that Fox is, is marketing this as more comedic than it really is. Yeah. I've heard that in a couple of different forms as well as that he was, uh, apparently uh, according to an interview, I can't remember where it was. I read it in, in, um, just in passing a few weeks ago, he was apparently not pleased with the first trailer in that he felt that it was uh, not the tone of what he thought the show actually was, which for take, take that for what it's, what it's worth. Uh, I'm interested at least watching the pilot to see how it goes. I mean, I, I will say I was amused by a lot of the trailer, but it's, it is going to have to deliver more um, to keep me and and the usual Seth MacFarlane fair will not keep my attention. So we'll see. I mean, he he is at the he, he is a Star Trek fan, and this is I, I think to some degree this is you know Fox is is gonna characterize Seth, Seth MacFarlane in a certain way, and and that's that's what they're gonna sell it as, and and so we'll see. Alrighty, sounds pretty good. So we we, we touched on on. Zell's space, you know, space preference, and and we'll go into mine now. I'm, hey, I'm no. actually. Hey, what? hey, 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 hey. What? what? You are gonna have to fight me for for biggest Stargate fan on this podcast. Oh, I will not. I, I will not. I will not give you that title. Oh um, boy, nerd! Bunch <laughs> of fucking nerds over here. <laughs> All right, if you want that bad, buddy, I'll take second place. <laughs> I, I have, uh, 
I have I have all of my Stargate uh, discs and on and Blu-ray for those which are available. And and when SG One someday gets uh, a Blu-ray release, I will buy that too. Um, I love Stargate. Stargate, yeah. Stargate is a. Um, I, I did. I, I wasn't a fan of the big movie, the the first movie, and um, kind of the early seasons. They were really trying to be like a serious science fiction, and I I really think it was like season three. Um, that they really started yep. to, to just go with it. They're like, you know, the plot of this show is a little silly, uh, but I think we can make it work. <laughs> and uh, I, they reference almost everything else in science fiction. There are tons of Star Trek jokes. They reference every other show that's out there. The more the more other science fiction you see before Stargate, the more you will appreciate the genius in the way they put it together. Um it it is I think it is a it is an all in all love letter to to science fiction, um, and uh, it's been since they decided to kill the franchise by making Stargate Universe like a decade and, and a couple uh, years ago, um, where they where they tried to go and uh, where they had their successes in Battlestar Galactica, where where they had like critical acclaim and stuff, and so Sci Fi Channel's like we want more of that, make more of that, and so. Um, you know, they tried to make their, their Stargate Galactica basically, and it, it fell flat on its face. Um, there hasn't been any Stargate. And so there was this big thing that the, the, you know, you could sign up for news about something coming with Stargate and, and I did. Um, and, uh, they, they gave us a, a teaser footage with no footage from anything new because it's, it's footage from, uh, the, the original pilot episode or movie. And, uh, and they just said they're making a web series. It's going to be 10 minute episodes. And I'm sad. Yeah, I was, I was pretty, I was like, Oh my God. Yes. New series. I was, I was having my nerd moments. And then they're like, Oh, web series. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I, I could probably work around that. And they're like 10 minutes long for each episode. I'm like, Oh, and there's only 10 of them. I'm like, Oh, so it's, it's not even like a full two hours worth of content. Right. It's not even like a Ooh. Netflix series type web series. It's just, it's, yeah. it's like the web series you'd get 10 years ago when someone said web series. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I can't explain how sharp my hype peak was like within a span of two minutes, I was super excited and then super sad. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that that, that point in the whole timeline of the Stargate franchise would have been really interesting because they, you know, that was they never touched on that. It was always everything that happened. You know, they had a little opening scene um, in the original movie of showing them uncovering the Stargate for the first time, and then it skips forward, you know, X number of years, and then everything follows that immediately. So you never get anything that happened before that or immediately around um, the discovery or even in the years leading up to, you know, the rest of the first movie. Uh, it would have been good. It would have been really cool. But yeah. uh, it's, just, it's just, this isn't much, you know, and, and I think you have to, pay for it too right like it's it's an actual like they separate said, service they said something about a subscription yeah I, presumably Ugh. presumably it can't be that expensive if this is all it's offering because it didn't sound right? like it was like cbs all access you know you're getting like all of cbs's back catalog this didn't sound like that it sounded like you were just going to pay to be part of this stargate command site um and, and i mean there the one thing i wanted to add was there was a note there was actually a note uh there was one episode where like the, the character that's going to kind of main in this actually went to another planet and got stuck there for like 60 years. If you remember that one episode it's like yeah. really, early. and so they definitely used the Stargate at least a couple times, you know, at least once or something. And so there, there's definitely story potential there, but like 
my question is 10, 10, 10, 10 minute episodes. Is this production quality of it? I mean, I could see that being if the production quality is as good as like proper TV Stargate fair. Maybe, maybe. Well, and it's it's but, difficult with short short format like that to actually have a coherence like plot of what's happening to have like an opening and close to call it like an actual episode in ten minutes. Like that's that's nothing. You know, that's a YouTube video. It's a movie um, in ten parts. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and even like um, the Castlevania, which I just saw the Castlevania anime. I'll admit, was basically a movie that was broken into four parts, but at least those were still twenty five. 30 minute episodes you know it felt like you could actually complete something in the episode of 10 minutes is nothing how they're going to format this is going to be very weird I, I i fear it might be kind of disjointed and i just i feel like this is such like it was very hyped but it's it feels like such a back of the truck operation being a web series um one of the things that's really funny to me is its website is stargatecommand.co and .co is the uh, columbia country code um, and, uh, the reason why is because StargateCommand.com is actually owned by like a fan site group that is a, uh, it's, it's like a corporation in Star Citizen. And so you go to StargateCommand.com, which is what everybody trying to go to StargateCommand.co will instinctively type. And you actually get redirected to Star Citizen's forums. <laughs> so who, who's producing this? Do we know? I... Presumably, this is, I mean, this seems to be an official MGM thing. Because this feels almost like it's fan-made, to be honest. Like It, it feels like it. It's trade, you know, it's got trademark and copyright 2017 at the bottom of the site. It's got an MGM logo there. You know, it's been promoted by all the official channels. But I, there's, there's, it seems so fan-made. And it seems like, like... You know, I get that there's already a StargateCommand.com site, but if they're not going to use, if they if they're going to call it Stargate Command for sure, they should actually use that copyright that they own to make the other to to make the fan site release their domain or or just buy it off domain. Of them. Like everyone's sure. going to screw that up. Everyone's going to go .com because no one does .co. No one unless right. they're Columbia, I guess. But come on. And I mean, if you think about it, like if you've got some fan corp. Right, that's like your corporation for Eve, say, and like MGM offers you, you know, two grand for your domain. Are you gonna get a new domain yep. for your corp? Yes, you <laughs> yes, you will. Are. Yes, so, you will. So it, it borders on the crazy to me that they couldn't even bother to secure the .dot com address for their new thing that they're apparently gonna charge people for. Well, I mean, I guess if they include you know, all the previous content as part of a package and you can watch all of SG-1 and Atlantis and, and Universe and then also this on top of it, then I could see that being worth it. Would you, would you, pay, would you pay monthly to see reruns uh, of Stargate? I, I already own them, so no, but... Well, you know, and, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I own them too. There's, there's, uh, I, I presumably they'll pull them off of the networks already on. And this is the funny thing about like yeah. CBS All Access launching. You know, they have an incentive now to pull Star Trek out of all the places they stream that. And, and Stargate will probably do that to pull everything here. It's all going to be by the bucket. You're not going to be able to subscribe to Netflix and watch everything anymore. You're getting yeah, nickel and dimed for everything. Because Netflix has all of them right now, I think, right? Uh, I think so. I, I, th I think they've got all of them. So yeah, I mean that's that's where you go now for it if you don't own them. But 
it, it's it's going to turn into a you're streaming by buying channels, which is kind of what people want with cable anyways. But yeah, they're, they're, you're seeing this trend where they're they're breaking it off. And I can see if if they're indeed they're going with this, they could be using this potentially kind of low budget. You know, oh, it's a prequel series just to get people to sign up for their service, and they go, oh yeah, but hey, look, you also can get all the other stuff. You should say, you know, stay subscribed. I, I could see them kind of going that direction with it. Yeah, and I, I mean, my hope is that maybe if this, you know, little cheap mini series thing, um, you know, gets them gets a good reaction, good response, maybe gets them, you know, enough money to, you know, I presume I, I would hope that 10, 10 minute episodes is cheap to produce. And so, you know, maybe if they make a profit on it, it gets MGM to maybe, maybe, maybe stretch yeah. out a little bit further and, and create a new actual Stargate series. I mean, I, my understanding is, um, MGM has very few uh, properties that are really actively making them money right now that MGM has kind of had some financial issues for a number of years. So this really might be like a, a, a low risk bet for them to see if they can, you know, restart this franchise. Yeah. And kind of turn this into almost like a pilot for, you know, a new series. Like it's okay. You know, that worked out well and the story will continue on with this new series if it does well. That's for sure. And, and they could offer it up as like a movie later, like a recut movie. Sure. Um, Maybe that maybe the break it up into 10 minute episodes is to get you to subscribe for at least three months to their new service. That's exactly what it is. Um, Like one of the, one of the things that I, I noticed was um, so CW had a a web series animated for uh, Vixen, which is then she cameoed on a couple episodes of, uh, of arrow. Um, And they had flash and arrow doing some of the voices in them in this little web series and it was it was they were short episodes like three or four minutes a piece or something like that um but then they cut it into a movie later and released it on blu-ray um so that could be the sort of thing where that at the end of this you will get a movie cut out of it yep seems pretty reasonable so we'll we'll keep an eye on that one i i'm not going to subscribe for you know 10 10 minute uh, episodes but if it gets you know stellar reviews and it's like oh my god you must watch this then i might take a look at it but for right now i'm I'm probably gonna pass unless i i get something that encourages me otherwise no no it's okay uh zill will do it <laughs> probably I, I will do it i will do okay. it okay okay tell, tell me how it is in the fact that i will subscribe to this thing for three months to watch their 10 10 episode 10 minute web series that is how I will prove that I am, in fact, a bigger Stargate okay. fan than you are. <laughs> All right, buddy. Whatever, whatever makes you slap it on the table like that, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of uh, directing into, into Star Citizen, Star Citizen is getting uh, a new update, it sounds mo like. Money, so, mo money, mo, mo money, mo money. Okay. It's, a, it's a moped mo money, am I right? Yeah, this is, so this is not the new update yet, and this is oh. not... And this is not in the new update. Oh, um, but you still paid for it. It's good. Yeah, I did. <laughs> we'll get there. I don't we'll know what there. it is, but I bought it already. <laughs> Let me build this. So, so the 3.0 update of Star Citizen is is uh, sp- was supposed to come out this month. It's now uh, projected to come out next month. Um, <laughs> they had a couple things that they were still trying to tack down. They actually took some things that they weren't planning on putting in this patch and are adding it to this release because the, you know different teams have different things they're doing and so the teams that are holding it up gave you know gave the other teams time to get more stuff into into this release so they've added some things they've reshifted their schedule but the biggest thing about 3.0 
is that uh, they're adding uh, planets and your ability to fly down into a planetary atmosphere and land and the uh, that you can have ground vehicles and they're putting in, you know, ground bases and ground combat and all of these things. Um, and so they've started introducing a variety of uh, ground vehicles and there's and some of them can operate in space too. like the last one was the, the hover motorcycle thing. Uh, that one, I believe, will work in space. It can't re-enter the atmosphere, so it has to be either on a planet or in space and brought between the two by an actual spacecraft. But this is like a dedicated... This is a lab for Dust players. This is a lab. It's a. It's your It's your dune buggy-esque. Um, two seats in the front. Uh, you can get a turret on it for the back. Um, buggy. Um, and... Uh, it's just interesting because this is now actually the, I believe, the fourth ground vehicle that they've introduced for Star Citizen, um, which is a, a pretty big pivot from being almost almost primarily a space game. And, and now they're really pushing, like, selling ground-only assets, too. Well, I thought you could already go to the ground. Isn't there a ground module that... Uh... No, that they no. showed they're, a thing up. What was that thing that they showed off uh, the trailer for? So they a have a, they do have a first person. They have some first person matches like uh, like um, so Star Marine is a is kind of their first person shooter module. It's a lobby shooter, basically. Um, and you can and there are two different space station maps that you can run around on and shoot people. It has, you know, gravity sections, anti-gravity sections, etc. Um, but there was no ground there was no like planets you could actually land on. They've been working on it for a while. They've showed off footage for it for a while. Oh, and, and I've, the, the footage was the fucking worm, wasn't it? Where they um, had the worm come up at the end of the thing. I'm not sure, but this oh. is, this is, it's finally, this, this part of the game is finally actually about to come out to the public to be played. So, um, they show a lot of their in development footage several months before you can actually get in and play it. Um, but uh, yeah, so the the thing that I thought was really interesting on this is not only do, do they have like a racing version, which you know, space racing is a whole game mode in the spaceship side of Star Citizen. They have uh, racing variants of spaceships and and a couple of spaceships that are solely dedicated to racing. And now they have a racing focused rover variant. They have a recon one. They have the turret one that looks really, really just like a dust lav. Um, and then they also have an anti-aircraft version, which means that you may be able to shoot down spaceships with your with your buggy. And and that's exciting to me. Well, we'll have to hear all about it and how much money you spent on it as we uh, go this forward is, here. This is an extreme... <laughs> their ground vehicles are, for Star Citizen, extremely moderately priced. They're... It's forty. It's between forty and seventy dollars for the different variants. Oh, oh my um, god! That how is that moderate in any sense of first, anything? I said moderate for Star Citizen. Jeez, you oh, should know that. Still, you man. know what that means. <laughs> That's an Holy entire shit. game. Yeah, for real. The fucking base game isn't even out yet. Man, you have a problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. um, we're moving but, along. But to here. give you an idea, to give you an idea, um, you know. They'll they'll sell you the forty dollar rover if you really want. Oh, they're gonna sell you a lot. They're they're willing. They're to sell, selling you a lot. They're willing to sell you the forty dollar <laughs> rover. But what they're trying to sell you is that on the same page you could buy the all terrain vehicle mega pack for four hundred and five dollars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let let me send you fifteen thousand dollars for my shit pack too. 
Oh. Bags of Coke and hookers is where your money is going right now. <laughs> Chris, they'll be like, hey, 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 you can buy, you know, magazines to refill your gun in Star Marine for only the moderate price of $10 a reload. You know, I think I think it's pretty reasonable. I think, you know. <laughs> I, I was actually I was actually playing some uh, Star Citizen this week. I actually had a, a few minutes to get in on there and um, uh, I had not tried their uh, shotgun or their sniper rifle and i relieved some players of their lives with both um so that was fun um i i basically i i went to the the kind of open pvp station on the uh the world and then taunted people until some people decided to come and try and shoot me and then i shot them oh fantastic except um i i I didn't steal any ships this oh, week, um, but there, there was one guy who literally, he came to the station without a spacesuit. Like, he was wearing, like, some of the cosmetic stuff. You can, yes, you can buy it, um, that you could buy in, like, one of the city stations. And so he came without a spacesuit, and without a spacesuit, it wouldn't even let him pick up a gun. And so I didn't shoot him. I let him hang around. You should have I, I I hung around with a guy in civilian clothes. I I declared the station, <laughs> I declared the station mine, and I I said that any that civilians were permitted on my station. No. Okay. Okay. That's enough of that. <laughs> so moving along here, uh, it looks like the Nintendo 64 Classic has been trademarked by Nintendo, so you can probably guess what's coming out next year around Christmas season. Uh, but Zell, it sounds like you actually managed to probably steal it from a poor 10-year-old, but you got yourself a pre-order for the SNES Classic? I did. Um, I, You know, there was, uh, I want to say it was earlier this week, um, like Friday night? I think it was Friday night. Uh, like 50 different threads started on Reddit saying that pre-orders opened on Walmart.com for the SNES Classic, and I placed one. So... Uh, I might get one. I'm, you know, I'm not going to fight scalpers for it, but if I can get it for the, the retail price, which is the cheapest price you'll ever see it for anyways, um, why not? And if for some reason I decide I don't want it, I guess I can turn a profit on that pre-order. So <laughs> it, it was one of those things like it doesn't make sense to not purchase it either. Either you get it for the lowest price you're ever going to get it or, or, or it's worth something. How much is that lowest price? Out 80 of bucks. I spent oh. a lo- I spent a lot of money this 80? month. I know. Yes. Really? The, I thought it was less than that. The uh, the NES Classic was sixty. The SNES Classic is eighty. Gotcha. So oh, we can probably imagine that the, the sixty four will be hundred. Then will be yeah. probably. Yeah. No. I'm actually kind of curious in the N sixty four if they will. Um, because several of those kind of you know core games were remade for like 3ds and stuff. I wonder if they'll be you know the built ones will be you know the, the original N64 version, or if they'll actually put the updated version in there. Like Mario 64, for example, got that 3ds remake, which is quite good. I, I have to imagine they'll go for the classic run, uh, in part because I believe they literally like rip an emulator off the internet to build these things and then just load up the original ROMs. Um, I, I, I mean, there were some, there were some accusations that the NES classic literally used like an off, like used rips of their games that they had pirated, <laughs> that they like pirated, pirated copies of their games to make the NES classic. Well, um, often they won't even have the original base code for these games and they remake them. So it's like, yeah, you'd, we'll just go steal it online. No, you'd be surprised. Nintendo has everything. Like, I, I think I read something where like. There was, like, video of Nintendo breaking out, like, a brand new NES out of the, like, original sealed packaging or something. 
they have a vault so they keep that stuff um i have no doubt they have all the original stuff but i think in some cases they may have especially if they're trying to do emulators and stuff they may have let the community do the work for them which just gets ironic because they try and sue the living bejesus out of the community for emulating their stuff Alrighty, so along the thread of things you have bought recently, um, you picked up something new for your your VR headset, it sounds like? Yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of money this month. Um, I'm almost sad about that. Um, Yeah, I got the uh, premium audio head strap for my Vive. I have not actually played any games on it yet, because I I just got it this weekend, and and I spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out how to hook the dang thing up. but uh, the Vive is surprisingly modular. Almost everything on that thing comes apart. And uh, this, like, the old, the, the original head strap is literally, like, just, like, three, like, a, a set of three straps that wrap around the back of your head. And this is, like, a, f- a hard case with foam padding and, like, an adjustable dial in the back that, that um, y- rather than being, like, relying on, like, elastic straps you actually hard adjust the width of the thing like you put it on your head and then you can you turn the wheel to tighten it onto your face it's kind of cool um and uh the headset it, it, it like you seriously it feels like you're breaking it to take the 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 original off the thing because there's like this loud crack you have to do on each side of the the headset to to take off the the old strap was it worth it though you think it i i think so like As I said, I haven't really had time to play with it, but the biggest frustration I ever dealt with with playing VR headset is like putting the VR headset on and then trying to find my headphones. (laughs) So the the big thing is it has built in uh, headphones uh, on the device. So there's less cables that hang off and less things that you need to separately connect. And um, they kind of flip. They have like a flipping motion to flip away from your ear and then and, and it's so it's easy to easy to just kind of listen if you need to away from it or whatever it's a big upgrade it should have been in the original that's box. good well that's that's kind of why i waited it was like i feel like a lot of these accessories are will be kind of a you need to have this to do it right and they'll just build them into the next, right. next version it's an so. eight it's an 800 dollars headset but you have to buy the 100 dollars premium add-on because apparently the 800 dollars headset isn't premium enough your super premium. Your head strap was a hundred bucks. Yes. Holy shit! It's Star Citizen branded. It's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the, supposedly, I they're not they're not like super high end headphones, but they're you know supposedly high quality. Uh, it's better than earbuds, etc. Well, they should be high end. You paid a hundred bucks for right. Well, it's, I mean, it's, I know you got to it's a it's a custom it's a it's a part for an eight hundred dollar item that also is headphones all right man all right yeah so let's move along here to kind of our final point i wanted to talk about uh the destiny 2 beta was open for xbox and ps4 this weekend and so uh myself jay and bait gave it a shot and we've kind of got a mix of uh of perspectives here. So I just kind of as a background, I picked up destiny one when it released on PS4. So I got that right away. Um, I was involved with the beta. Um, and then I got, uh, the game when it came out, I believe Jay actually picked up the game on PS4 around the time the taking King was released, 
which is kind of when a lot of the kind of Destiny 2.0 um, update came in and kind of changed a lot of the core systems, and they added, you know, the Take King expansion on top of that. And then Bait, who has never played Destiny before, but he gave the beta for Destiny 2 a shot this weekend. So um, I'm actually going to probably start with with Jay on this one to kind of get his thoughts on on someone who who came into Destiny probably when it was starting to improve quite a bit. I kind of want to get your thoughts on on where they're going moving forward with Destiny 2. Uh, sure. So yeah, Pokey hit it about right. So I came into Destiny 1, you know, after the Taken King. So admittedly, I missed a large part of the, the trials and tribulations of that when that game first dropped. So uh, I've got extensive experience post Taken King, uh, pretty much maxed the game out quite a bit, enjoyed it a lot. Um, so that was, you know, I hadn't picked up Destiny, you know, the original Destiny for quite some time, but fast forward, pulled up the beta this weekend um, in uh, a couple of quick comments about that. So it definitely, it definitely is a direct extension of distant Destiny 1. There's not a lot of game changing things that they do in there in terms of like, wow, these mechanics don't work how I thought anything would work. Um, so generally pretty much all the things you that that you are familiar with in Destiny 1 in terms of like the characters, like the button maps, like how general things work, it's all the same. Uh, what they have, what you get in the beta is basically the, they call it the homecoming uh, story or the home the homecoming mission, which is literally what happens when you arrive back at the city and it's right after the initial assault by the, uh, by the cabal, you fight your way through and then you have your initial introduction to the main villain, uh, the big bad, if you will, Gaul. So, and a lot of that was in the trailers, like the cutscene trailers that you guys, there's quite a few pieces of that. It fleshes out several of the tried and true characters of destiny, uh, Cade, Ikora, Zavala, Shax and Amanda, uh, all of them, you know, it's like Nathan Fillion, uh, the uh, the other the other firefly, the firefly lady. Uh, yeah, there you go. The let's see, Zavala is actually, I want to say he's the the hotel manager from John Wick, and yeah. Shax is he's he's a British guy, he's black black British guy that's been in a ton of different character movies, uh, lock, stock, two smoking barrels, all kind of stuff like that. He, you, you would absolutely recognize him if you saw him. Uh, there's, there's a ton of, there's a ton of sort of like quick call outs that there's actually going to be a bit of a story, which is a huge win. Uh, and then it sort of opens up a little bit more about the, uh, the world of destiny that that mission takes place basically in the tower, the, uh, the social space or the home base from the last from the last game, it's certainly all wrecked out, damaged, on fire, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you go through, you can go through that. It's pretty good. It's a good way to introduce yourself to the game. It is a little light on the tutorial stuff, uh, but it assumes. I think the game. I think this beta clearly assumes that most of the people on this beta played Destiny One. Uh, what you can also do after you get past that mission is you can play one strike, one three-person strike, and then they'll have two different versions of. PVP. So uh, my initial thoughts, uh, the the minute to minute gameplay, like you know, it's a very smooth game, looks really good, sounds really good. Uh, the movement's really good. The shooting, uh, generally, it, you know, Bungie does that really well. Uh, so that that's okay. Uh, and again, it, cl- it they clearly allude to having a much deeper injection of the story, the lore, and the universe of Destiny in this one. Uh, so those are those are positives. 
there are some significant negatives though. Uh, it is, it is a beta and you can absolutely 100% tell that they do not have a lot of the balancing done on the weapons, right? Because they have changed the weapon system significantly. So the mechanics haven't changed a lot, but the weapons have changed a lot from destiny one. They've eliminated some whole classes of weapons. Like there's no more machine guns. Uh, they've also, uh, added some, so they've got a submachine gun now, and then they've really changed how the slotting works and then how the different perks work in the weapons. So they're, it's not really a dice roll kind of thing anymore. Like you could all get the same rifle, but it would have a different dice roll in terms of some of the characteristics of it. And then you could mod and upgrade and all that stuff later. These are all set. So they are, they are what they are when you get them. And then you, you upgrade from there, but there's no, there's no more dice roll piece of it. They also changed the layout. So you used to have, you know, multiple different types of weapons that you could carry. Uh, it, you had a little bit more flexibility in the number of weapons. Now you get two primaries and a special slash heavy weapon, which is it, unless you know destiny, that doesn't make a lot of sense. All I can tell you is that you get a lot less capability with those type of weapons. Um, they've added some new subclasses to each one of each one of the, um, the different, uh, like sort of like archetypes, you know, the Titan, the Hunter, and the uh, Warlock. They've added some of the subclasses. What they've also done, in addition to revamping the weapon structure, they've revamped the skill and ability structure of those classes quite a bit. Uh, they've simplified it greatly uh, to the point where it takes a lot of the options away from you that you used to have uh, in terms of how Destiny One works. So simplified weapons, simplified abilities and skill trees, uh, but they're untuned. So there's a lot of problems with like not enough ammo drops of the right stuff. Very difficult to use some of your best weapons because of the lack of ammo. The recharge times on your powers and your abilities are significantly higher than they were in the original Destiny. So th and those are all things that, you know, like basically figures in a spreadsheet that can be tuned. The weapon damage across the board is pretty weak. Uh, that, that, that will probably significantly get upgraded. They have, at, like I said, added a couple different types of weapons, taken some out. So all that will come out in the wash with a few balancing passes. Um, some of the powers and, or the abilities themselves, like your energy grenade or throw that everybody gets, and it's all very, you know, it can be very different depending on how you set it up by class. Very weak, doesn't take a lot, and it takes a long time to recharge. The super abilities or the ultimate abilities, if you will, used to be like absolute game changer, uh, kind of, you really got that, like, you know, I'm a space superhero kind of vibe going when you could jump in the air, glide, do an aim down sight, headshot, and then throw one of your ultimates, ultimate powers, you know, huge explosion, a lot of special effects, hit the ground, go into a slide, shotgun another guy. And you can do it all like in about five seconds. There's tons of YouTube videos. And it, it's, it was those iconic things that led you to, like, wow, Destiny, one, it's a smooth playing game because you can actually do all that fairly naturally uh and, and it is a lot of fun it not so much anymore a lot of the ultimates are definitely are definitely changed they've changed some abilities around not necessarily to the better but not necessarily to the worse it's kind of a push right now um so all that aside like i said these are some of these are things you can do in beta. you can fix in beta um, one of the things they've definitely changed is pvp like dramatically i am not a huge pvp guy uh, but Destiny PvP and Destiny 1, I enjoyed greatly, uh, more so than pretty much anything else outside of like Overwatch in terms of SPS uh, type player versus player. So 
the you, you had matches that were six v six. Some were four v four, but most of them were six v six. And uh, and then you might get down to a three v three in some of them. But you had a wide variety of type of the matches. So what they've done is everything's four v four PVP now. And the weapon tuning is all out, all out of whack, so that throws some things off. But the maps, so imagine you have a team of three people, but you've got three or four points on the map to defend. It's it's really changing the structure of the game, and not necessarily for the better, and you get a lot less options and a lot less optimal builds. So instead of having long-range, short-range, melee, uh, sniper, you know, different you know, warlocks, hunters, you could have a wider variety of variables in a match with 6v6 with 4v4 you don't not at all it's it's not a thing and everything comes down to mid-range weapons uh so you know that's it it's just it's just not tuned really well right now uh and then with a lot of the other kind of balance problems they're having it doesn't feel good but the 4v4 only drop is not is is not good uh now what they're trying to do is push very very hard on uh esports is what they want my gut feeling right now is that you know if you bifurcate the game and there's the PVE side, that has a chance to be pretty solid if they actually inject the story and the world and the lore in it, and then you kind of drive through. You still don't have a voice, by the way. So it's like 2017, and you still you still have a protagonist without a voice, which is ridiculous. But you you have a chance at a pretty solid game on the PVE side if they get some of the weapon balancing, the ability balancing right. It is a little bit more simplified, almost dumbed down, depending on how you want to say it. On the PvP side, this has the makings of a lot of sketchy kind of stuff going on. I think they are aiming to try to have a PvE game and challenge Overwatch or something like it. And I think they're going to miss producing a really good Destiny game by trying to compete with Overwatch. That's what I think is going to happen. So that's my bit about... uh, Eight plus hours of gameplay over the last last couple of days. Tried all the different classes. Um, some of those definitely need to be tuned. Like I said, there's a lot of be- there's this is definitely a lot of beta beta problems that need to get fixed. Um, looks good, sounds good. You know, like good good movement, minute to minute shooter play has the potential to be really solid. But some glaring errors. PVE and PVP are going to be a dramatic push pull in this game. I think going forward in the future, and that's. That's my thoughts on that. Okay, pretty good stuff. All right, now, Bate, as someone who's never played Destiny before, uh, I know you struggled a bit with uh, the lack of tutorial because, like Jay said, I, I would agree that the the, tutor- the beta was very much geared towards you already know what you're doing. We haven't changed that much, so you just, just go. Um, so I know you struggled a bit with that, um, which might be a, a symptom of the beta. Hopefully it's, it's solved where it, it kind of detects, hey, you haven't played this before. Please watch this tutorial. It will drop you in the story. Um, but that aside, what were your, your general thoughts on the gameplay, um, you know, balance, mechanics, that sort of thing? What did you think of it? Okay, so aside from the fact that I had no fucking idea how anything worked, um, I mean, yeah, it's a shooter. You kind of are going to figure out the really basic controls. You know, I'm going to use my triggers to uh, aim down the sights and shoot. X is going to be my reload. B is going to be my crouch. Y is going to switch weapons. And A is going to jump. Other than that, for stuff like the um, like how to change gear and whatnot, because apparently I can do that and how to switch out weapons, which I actually found out today. Um, because the the I th- what is it? I, th- I want to say it's like the first energy weapon that you pick up is absolutely shit. My so being able to switch to a submachine gun was really was really nice, and it made the uh, 
made the strike a lot more bearable. Um, that that really that really pissed me off. I shouldn't have to have somebody explain to me how to do shit. You should do that. You're baiting, regardless of whether or not you're targeting it for people who've already played the game. Uh, so that's my beef with that. So as far as everything else, though, it was re- the shooting was really tight. It felt like for me, I don't know why, and I, I messed with the settings. It, I couldn't find, and maybe it's just me, I couldn't find something that, that I felt comfortable playing with, if that makes sense, even when I tried to adjust the sensitivity. Uh, of my control, it was either way too tight or it's way too loose. Um, but you know, like, uh, like Jay said, the the shooting aspects of it, it, it was great. Um, I think Bungie does a really good job uh, with making their guns look good and their guns sound good and you know behave like guns, if if that makes sense. Um, and it's one of the things that I really liked about Halo was Halo does the same thing uh, really well. Of course, Halo being developed by Bungie up to, I think, 4 was the last one uh, that they did. Or, no, ODST was the last one they did, because 343 did 4 and 5. Okay, uh, so, you know, those games have great shooting, and I, I, Bungie knows what they're doing uh, on that. Some of the mechanics, I thought, were different, but they were good, I guess. Like, the was the little jump, the jumping around, floating nonsense. It was different. I didn't really understand how it worked because there were a couple of times I fell off the mat because I was trying to go up but couldn't go up like straight up. Um, but that might have just been me not knowing how to you know use the mechanic. Uh, so there was that. The balancing now that Jay does say something, I think it might have been a little off. Um, a couple of my, I think the like the primary assault rifle that they give you felt a little weak. Uh, and and I guess the submachine gun did too, but I was killing things just fine with it. Ah, what else? What else? The 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 story was was whatever. Um, it, it looked really pretty. Um, I'm not sure if the first Destiny game looked uh, looked like that. I assume it did. I can't remember if I played if there even was a beta. If there was a beta, I don't think I played it. Um, I, I do think I remember like touching on it for an hour or so. Uh, it, it looked pretty. Everybody's lines sounded really good. The writing was was there uh, as far as dialogue. Um, I didn't, you know, I I didn't hate it. I don't think I enjoyed it either. It's just eh, okay. Um, it just, it looked really good, and uh, and, and the, the the gunplay was was pretty good, I guess. Um, the I keep coming back to not knowing how to do anything. Um, when I finally did figure out how to, you know, that I could change out my, um, oh, what are they, like the the little special abilities or whatever. Thank you for that, by the way, Jay. Um, yep, no problem. The, <laughs> the game really, uh, it, it was more enjoyable for me once I got out of, I think I was a warlock with the, I started off with the little sword thing, whatever the sword thing was, and once I figured out how to change um, uh, subclasses, I, I, I guess it is. Um, I uh, I switched to the was it the Voidwalker that shot the gigantic ball yep. of, of thing that was that was actually really cool I think that was my uh, it's my favorite little power uh, charge up times for the grenades was fucking retarded um, it took forever to be able to get another grenade and I think Jay you said something about being able to get multiple grenades but I could never uh, find that so you used to so the the way the mechanics were oh you were, used to okay 
So the, the, the charge times on all the abilities that you just saw are mm -hmm. dramatically slower, dramatically slower than they? what they were in Destiny 1. The other thing is you can get like different, depending on the, like, you know, the class or the character you want to be. There's a lot of them where uh, if you get a kill with a grenade, it automatically recharges your melee power. You know what I'm oh, saying? Like, okay. like you can do like a regular melee attack or yeah. when you're charged up, it does like extra damage or has other effects associated with it. Okay, or, so. yeah. So, or when you do uh, a melee attack and you kill somebody with that, it re it, instant, it like gives you recharge to your grenade or your ultimate or whatever. <laughs> so you could get these like kind of like rolling combos going really, really quick. Uh, and all that's out of the window right now. Oh, okay. It's all out of the window. Yeah, well, I think they're going to fix I, all that because that's I, I checked their I checked their boards like about an hour before the show. Yeah. Like the 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 fucking Bungie Destiny boards are in fuego right now. Oh, I bet. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I liked it well enough. I probably will not like pre-order the game. And I was kind of thinking about this as I was playing it last uh, last night. I don't. I can't really see myself buying the. I wasn't too impressed with the PvP, and the PvE was like, eh. I mean, Grant, I don't know how many how many strikes or anything are going to be, you know, in the game, or how long the story is going to be. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, so the the strike that you do, one, it's really long for yeah, a three person strike. strike. Uh, it's also and the part of the problem is like the weapon structure. Like you don't get, you're not using a lot of the. You don't get to use as nearly as many of the tools that you normally would have gotten using Destiny One, which would have made that fight a hell of a lot shorter. Um, but part of that is because they changed the weapon design, and right now you get basically two primary weapons and then one special slash heavy weapon. Whereas you used to could, frankly, you could stack however many of those things that you wanted. Like you only had three slots, but you could pick whatever you wanted out of that. Oh, now by by pigeonholing you into the two primaries and then one that third your, your purple weapon, if you will, your when you get the purple ammo for, that's your like grenade launcher, sniper rifle, fusion rifle, all that kind of jazz. Wow. Those are incredibly underpowered right now. Like uh, every weapon in the game right now is noticeably weaker than they should be. Like dramatically like you should be uh like the little like the standard little bad guys that you you have to fight your way through not the not the yellow bar guys the little red bar you know red health uh, bar guys uh, not the yellow the, health bar the guys legionaries yeah. or something yeah. yeah anything with a red bar you should be knocking down pretty quick with See, with most felt, of the weapons i felt like i was with the with that assault rifle and the little submachine no. gun I, I, I didn't feel like <laughs> like it took too terribly long cuz it i no, guess it was obviously quicker in the well, let me put this way: if you like with a sniper rifle, like uh -huh. you should be one-shotting pretty much anything you you hit in the upper torso head, and you're absolutely okay. not doing that right now. Oh, with the sniper, okay. Hmm. All right, so just it's it's pretty good stuff. Um, so my thoughts on it: so start with the good and the bad. Um, good stuff is uh, definitely much more story focused. That was a big problem of mine with the original. I like story-based games. That's what we were promised in the original and definitely did not deliver. It, it got a little bit better towards the end. Uh, I never did the Rise of Iron expansion, but I did do Taken King, which was, it was decent. It was, a, it was a step in the right direction. So this seems like they're definitely pushing more of a, a cinematic feel, um, which would be good. I think that it was a much more exciting way to open up the game rather than the way it started initially, which was, you know, 
interesting but not really informative about what was going on so you, you kind of felt lost so that was a good positive um visuals i think the visuals look um probably quite a bit better i think there was some some extra particle effects going on and stuff which i think looked really nice <clears throat> so that's that's a nice improvement i was playing on ps4 for the record um uh gunplay uh again feels really tight they pretty much had to copy paste what they had before um there was no reason to change it so it's a good thing they didn't so that's positive uh the strike felt like it was, you know, I, I was, I liked that the, the boss was at least a little bit more than just stand in the middle of the room and shoot me for, you know, three hours, which is what some of the bosses turned into in Destiny 1. I'm talking about Valus to Arik, which was the worst mm-hmm. fight ever, because that, honestly, like, mate, you don't even know, you know, on the, the, uh, what was it called? It was like, it was Nightfall, the Nightfall mode, just like the hardest mode. Shit would one-shot you with like one bullet. So what you did is you'd glitch in behind a box, and you'd hide behind that box, and you'd shoot this bastard for an hour and a half, because he had so much HP, and you couldn't do anything else, because you'd die if you walked out in the open. It was awful. Like, I... Like a I literal so hour and a half, or is that like embellishment? Uh, it would, no, it I'm would feel like it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not an okay. enjoyable experience. Like if you take the term bullet sponge and crank it to eleven, that's what a lot of the fights turned into. It was like there's oh, nothing there, involved. There were some of those night not the raids, but there's some of those nightfalls that you could I mean you'd be I mean you were committing forty minutes to that. Yeah, easy. I took forty three minutes on that fucking strike that I did over and over and over again because well, well and, and that that could be lack of experience too i mean that's they're meant to be challenging um not possible but the fact that you didn't know how to do half the stuff in the game because they didn't tell you is probably not helping you so you know that that could be part of it but i i did like that at least that the mechanics of the boss changed a little bit throughout the fight the the, the arena changed a little bit it was it was more than just a here's a dude in a room and shoot at him for a while um so that's that's good i i like i'm used to mmos where bosses actually have mechanics you know things you actually have to do to finish the fight or you get your ass kicked um i like to see more of that I, you kind of saw a hint of that with this one so that's a positive um as for negatives uh jay actually hit quite a few of them for me um and this is probably part of a larger discussion but i feel like that they struggled heavily in Destiny 1, and other games that tried to do the same thing like Division, where you've got a PvE experience and a PvP experience. And you're trying to have the exact same system running both of them in terms of, here's your character, you get your gear, you get better gear, it's got cool, you know, effects that, you know, it does, it blows stuff up, makes enemies explode, that sort of thing uh, in your PvE experience, and then you can take all of that to your PvP game and, you know, do it there. The problem is, is that shit don't work. Um, you often find that, you know, in a PvP game, it's trying to make everyone feel equal and even, so it's fair. Um, in a PvP game, or PvE game, I'm sorry, it's it's more about the power fantasy of making your character feel cool and badass and, and a little overpowered, you know. And so they're kind of trying to do opposite things. One's trying to make you feel like you're the, the toughest guy in the room, and the other one is trying to make you feel like everyone is the same. And they always kind of struggled with this, like, how do you do both at the same time? And often you found that they would take really cool stuff that you got in PvE, and they would ultimately have to nerf it and make it really vanilla and bland so it would work in PvP because the balance just wasn't there. And that in turn kind of made the PvE experience a little less exciting, a little more bland. Um, and it was a problem. They, they never really quite got it right. They, they kept kind of dancing around and changing values and, and nerfing stuff and buffing stuff. And it just, it never felt right. Like shotguns, for example, um, 
extremely potent in PvP in Destiny 1. They were so weak in PvE that they finally said, okay, your shotguns just do double damage in PvE settings because they're, they're useless otherwise. And even then, they didn't really quite feel like... You know, feel like a shotgun in a PVE game where you, you know you you put you line up the guy's head and he just drops. It, it was never like that, and so they could never quite get that right. So for Destiny Two, I feel like they've gone and said, okay, well we're just gonna basically balance everything around the PVP, and I feel like a lot of the systems they have, particularly with like um, the characters' abilities and stuff, have been extremely simplified. So it's almost like this is what you get and that's it because that's the only way we can actually make it balanced um you know for pvp the weapons lose a lot of their perks you don't have much choice there um for like for just to explain to you babe for destiny one your character kind of had like a series of like uh vertical slots right and there was different abilities in there and you could pick one of any ability from those slots and it would kind of let you customize this so you'd have you know 100 permutations that you could potentially do because you've got you know five options and you know maybe not 100 but you got five options and so, three selections for each. So, so by abilities you mean like abilities and say Call of Duty where it buffs your character? Yes. Well, it, it, yeah, it would be like you know kind of like Jay was saying like okay like when you land a, a grenade hit it it recharges your melee strike faster okay. or right. so, stuff like that. So check this out. Imagine imagine if you had I, I think it was like eight levels. So imagine there's eight levels, and at each level, you pick a perk out of – there's three choices each time you level up, right? right. I'm okay. using this as broadly as a, as a broad term. So you can pick like A, B, or C on each one of those up to like number seven or eight, whatever it was. The deal is you could always go back and change it. You could also do it on the fly. So you could – you could set up certain types of builds. Like you wanted to do like a grenade spam build that did homing grenades. You would pick the certain selection of perks across your eight levels. You feel me? Yeah. So, or you could take that exact same warlock void Walker guy that you were playing and he could be a glass cannon one shot power bomb, you know, kind of guy you could, you could do, a lot of different things, a surprising amount of things to make the characters feel very different within each class and subclass by those options. What you saw in the beta is dramatically limiting that flexibility. Yeah, it felt like they they only let you. So for those of you who haven't tried the tried the beta, basically what it is now, you pick your class, you got your hunter, your warlock, your titan, and you pick your subclass, which is kind of like your elemental. So you know, gunslinger, uh, blade dancer, kind of what you were used to in Destiny One, and then instead of picking your individual perks, it it's just like a selection of four that they've already picked for you, and you get like two options with that. So you get like these four perks, or you get these four perks, and they only let you have access to to one of those. So I couldn't really play around with it, but it seems like it's pretty much you get those four or these four, and there's no customization between the two. So You've got like a class, a subclass, and a sub subclass, I guess, and that's it. That's kind of where the customization ends. Um, it's if that is indeed how it's going to work, that is a severe downgrade. Like I, I'm, I'm shocked they didn't go the other direction with it. But again, it's like, like Jay said, if you want to go for like an Overwatch style, like esports thing, where you're trying to push this like very fair, you know, set classes that have certain abilities, and you don't get to mess with it very much. 
that's what you do to, to make that happen in a PvE game mode. But for a PvP game mode, it's that's really shitty. Like, you just don't... That's not what I would expect from a PvE game mode. And honestly, it's it's what I would expect from a competitive PvP game mode, but I wish it wasn't. You know, I wish that you, you could have that, that customization. And that's seemingly gone. And that's gone from player classes, that's gone from a lot of the weapon stuff... Um, the abilities are severely toned down. Uh, like like you, both of you said, the, the recharge on the abilities is absolutely absurdly long. Like, yes. I'm like, yeah, you cooled it down by 10%, but I'm still going to be another 30 seconds before I could stab the guy. Like, it was... It was. It felt bad. Like it just. It didn't feel good. Like it. Like it used to. Where I was like, yeah. Like this is my guy. I customized him. I can do all kinds of cool, crazy shit. Because that was the power trip, right? That was a power fantasy of you are this absolute badass who's just tearing through enemies because they want to make it fair for PvP. And it's just. It's a. It's a travesty. Like. It really, it's it's really shitty because it it was it had some cool stuff and I feel like they dropped a lot of the cool stuff for the sake of the PvP balance. Sorry, you're trying to say something, Bate? No, oh, no, I was just agreeing with you about the fucking cooldown times. Oh yeah, yeah it was absolutely it was, atrocious. It was terrible, um, and and you felt that with like in the strike, I was like, cool, I threw my grenade, and it's like, God, I gotta I wait really, thirty can, years before I can throw it again. And, and it wasn't even like it felt like good. Like it was like a standard, you know, Destiny grenade. Okay, there's a little bit of chunk of health. It did the, the power behind much, the uh, yeah the, the, no, the power wasn't. behind the abilities didn't match the cooldown that you had to have to use them. And it was just like I guess I feel like everyone is you know but, everyone's the same, but you have minor differences every three minutes because you get to throw a grenade that might be a little bit different than the other guy. But in the end, it's all. It all felt the same, you know. Well, so in PV, just so you're tracking, in PvP, the the time to kill, like the TTK in Destiny Two, like on the beta right now, is dramatically higher than it was in Destiny One, which drove like a very different style. Like you know, you can do different things in the gameplay, but your the survivability between the three different classes in terms of just like straight shooting at each other and not moving kind of thing was really different, like really, really, really different. Um, it is now, but every, even the warlock, which I was playing with today, which is sort of middle of the road in terms of survivability, like, you know, like armor, you know, hit point kind of thing. It was, it could take a lot more damage noticeably. Uh, and if you had a, like a Titan that you were fighting against, like one of the armor characters, the ability to kill that guy is dramatically, like dramatically lowered right now uh, because you can't do enough, enough da- you can't, your damage output isn't the same. So I would not normally rely on weapons necessarily to kill a guy like that. I would use one of my abilities like either the grenade or you, the melee is very, very powerful in Destiny when you charge it, when you let it charge up. That's why I was joking. Like you, you're you kept saying like, yeah, I want it back on my on my like right stick to click it, and I'm like, no, no, trust me, you want it on one of the shoulder buttons. See, I didn't realize you could charge the goddamn thing because no, nobody... it charges it charges automatically. If you oh. look at your if your okay. little three tiles in the bottom left, you know where it shows like your grenade charges and your oh, is that what ultimate. That was? Yeah, so oh. one of those is your melee. So if you when sometimes you melee people while you throw a punch or whatever. Sometimes it'll have like an effect and like, you know, set them on fire or do whatever. That meant your melee was charged up. Oh. If, <laughs> yeah. Wish the fucking game had told me that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, uh, it's, it's, it's true. But yeah, you can't, 
it, like the amount of damage you're doing is, is dramatically different. So you can't use the tools that you need to really get the same experience. So Destiny 1, it, it was 6v6, which was a good feel. The maps were the maps are generally really good in Destiny. There's not a lot of bad maps, to be honest with you. Uh, in fact, I don't I don't think there is a bad map. There's some that are better than others, though. Um, the but you've got with only four you know four people on a side you know three teammates basically. It, it is it is just the matches are really difficult with that time to kill. It really is. With one guy, and if you were sucking wind a little bit with a six v six, you could kind of like, hey, maybe the you know, maybe somebody else can carry a little bit. I'm not a huge, I'm not a massive PVP player. I usually play like utility and support roles in most like FPS style games and stuff like that. But I, I could do pretty good in Destiny 1. I was usually average, slightly above average in Destiny 1. You could make a difference depending on how you, if you knew how to play your build really well. You cannot do that right now. And it's it's frustrating as hell. And I will tell you that the, the shift to an all 4v4, massive change. Like I, yep. Uh, that is a massive change in how the game plays, and I, I don't think it's for the better right now. No, it, it it feels more like Trials of Osiris, which was kind of the high end competitive mode where you had three v three, and that was that was fine. Like that was that was the game mode to be that really tight, you know, high stakes sort of deal. With this though, it's like this is just I just want to get on and, and dick around, you know. I just want to play a pub match or whatever, and it, it feels like that it's. It's much more intense, and it doesn't have the same sort of semi-big team feel that it did before. Where you actually had guys running around and, and capping points. Now it's pretty much just like, you know, you, you, you camp and, get, and gank the guys he runs by because you don't have enough guys running around hunting you. It, it doesn't feel good. Um, it just it, it, It's weird. I don't know why the hell they decided to drop it down. 6v6 is a very common... Common well, structure for PvP, you know. So, so I did look this up, though, and, and the... Uh... The director, the executive director, keeps going back to pushing. He he keeps pushing back esports, he, and it was very clear that four v four was a very deliberate break from the original Destiny. That was a that was a planned move. Uh, I think it's. I don't think it's a good one, but it was a planned move. I mean, if you want to have a competitive mode that's small team, fine, go for it. But don't don't make it different for everyone because. 99% of people don't give a shit about esports. You well, know? The, the thing I go back to is like, if that's what you want to go with, I mean, the reality is you have enough different types of characters and builds that you can make is that you really limit the game down in PVP. Whereas Overwatch, I think, I think their feel, you know, as I said, that's six V six that works out pretty well because you got a ton of different characters that you can operate with that mix and match in different ways. And that's sort of the thing that I think they could have went with and it would have worked out better. Now, what this makes me wonder, though, is are the raids like how many people are in a raid? Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's what makes which I like the six person, the six person raids. It's it's also kind of a weird numbers thing. You got fire teams of three. You got PVP of four. The raids, six people. It's just it just feels like a really strange design choice, you know, and, and I feel like, and like you said, they, they went back and they made this change because, you know, they're pushing this, you know, meant to be like ultra balanced competitive game mode. And it's like, don't drag the rest of the game into it to make that happen. Like, honestly, if, if, if you're going to have a game that you want to have PVE and PVP, just separate them on a pretty, pretty strong level like if they wanted to have what you've got now with like the character abilities where they're kind of like preset 
you know, mini classes where you get these four abilities or these four abilities, and that's what you get in PvP because they want that kind of like really tight balance. That's fine. Make it be like that for the PvP, but then let us have all that customization, all of that, you know, uh, that power trip, that power fantasy with all the, the different options in PvE. Don't take that away from the PvE experience just because you want to push this one particular esports game mode. Like, God, it just it just ticks me off. It's like they're 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 hampering the entire game for this one very small percentage of people that will actually play it uh, for that particular you know type of play. Yep, screw your esports. What's the difference between a raid to strike? A raid, is, a raid is um, six people cooperative, um, and it's typically uh, a step up in terms of difficulty, and it's a little it, more mechanics based. It, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty long time investment, and a lot of time. Okay. Remember, I was telling you like you know, you were making fun of the, like the jumping stuff. There's a lot of those that you have to have a very intricate, almost platforming gameplay, like team platforming that you have to do. The other thing is that these things are not necessarily on rails. Like when you get into like, like the strike you played, it's pretty, it's very much, you know, kind of follow the carrot to, to where you need to go and just shoot the thing in the, in the raids in particular, you actually need to find the bad guy (laughs) in some cases. And it, it, you will eventually get there, but there are definitely some ways that are a lot less ass pain than others. And it's usually much less shoot the guy in the room, and it's more like you have to pick up this particular item right, and, right. And, and deflect a, a, a laser blast at the right time to stun him, and then you can do damage to part of his body. But if you don't kill uh, these guys that spawn, you get wiped, and you know it, it's more. Yeah, there's some problem uh, solving associated, like literal yeah, problem, like team problem solving associated with it. And it's it's not it's not handed to you. It's meant to be kind of a puzzle that your group has to figure out, um, which which is fun. It's enjoyable. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, I, I hope that doesn't get, doesn't get gimped too in the process. Well, I'm, what I'm wondering is how much is really going to be different when this thing goes live. Well, that, that is, that is the thing is that this, this, I feel like could be kind of an actual beta. unlike the demo that they released for destiny one, which is like a beta, like a week before they launched, yeah, right. they, they aren't going to change shit for that. But this one, this game's not coming out till September. So you got, you know, a month, month and a half to, to, to change things. Um, how I don't expect sweeping changes to core systems, but there there is some stuff that they could probably actually change based off of feedback. Because like you said, players are not entirely in, in, enthused with with the beta. Um, there's, yeah, there's definitely I, some I think a lot of the balance stuff that they can touch, you know, like all the stuff with like weapons, abilities, recharge times, and all that kind of jazz. I think that that's always generally going to be one of the easier things to mess around with. There's a lot of trial and error when you start messing around with that number of variables, but that, that kind of stuff can get fixed. I'm just, some of the, like, I'm just curious, did you guys play the PVP version where it was like the countdown one where you had to go like either oh, set or defuse a bomb? That was terrible. That was bad. Oh, was like, that I, was not fun. I, I, was, that, was that the high intensity game mode? Cause I played the low yes, intensity yes. PVP. I just didn't fuck with the high intensity. I guess I'll have to do that tomorrow. So, so how it works is that you've got two points um, where one team is trying to set a charge on either of the points, and the other team is trying to stop them from doing it. And if they do set the charge, the defending team has to defuse the charge. If the if if either charge goes off, the end of the attacking team wins. If either charge is defused, the defending team wins. But there's permadeath, so you got four guys, and if oh, you so it's... get if you get killed out of the gate, you're sitting there looking at some guy dance on your corpse for the rest of the match. Wow, you know whatever happens. Um, it was, it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be like a, 
like a battlefield rush sort of mode where it's like you're trying to hold them back as they're pushing down like a long map and this was this was not even remotely close to that it was it was really twitchy just not enjoyable and it lasts for you know best it's like best out of 12 so whoever gets six points first right oh. it takes forever and right. it's just like if you're if you're losing, you're probably losing pretty bad. Like we lost six to zero. I was like, yep. I'm out. Like I'm not I'm not touching that ever again. I have no interest in that game mode whatsoever. It was bad. Uh, yeah, the control like- the control mode. The other one was eh, was different. It had it was okay. It was kind of had good and bad stuff. But like that that countdown was it was freaking bad. I hated that. It sounds like a, it was a search and destroy from Call of Duty, just with a like an ever so slight change to make it to make it their own. But yeah, the the it was the control point one was just it was the map was a little too small. Yeah, yeah, I thought the map was a little too small. But like, I guess if it's four v four, kind of does have to be a little small. Yeah, but that's the thing is like those maps. Like when you when you need to make think about this, when you have that many players, you need to make a smaller map. Well, what that yeah, also no, I, I what that it. also does though is that limits the weapons that are useful in that map. Yep, I remember Destiny One had some up. huge maps. Like they were the ones that had the vehicles on them, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But like you could legitimately snipe from across the map. In this thing, it, I don't know what you'd use a sniper a sniper rifle for. Like the maps are so tight that you use an AR, maybe an SMG, maybe a hand cannon, but you're you're basically going to use a fully automatic, you know, mid range weapon most of the time. Honestly, okay. what those do you snipers for? You gotta get them then dank quick scopes and uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's see, that's the things like that. Like again, they have a lot of different types of weapons. They've not figured out the balances on them. What I guess surprised me about all of this, I kind of get the, I kind of you know, I kind of understand like you know, leveling the weapons piece, like removing some of the random number generator piece on the weapons and making them a little bit more standard in terms of how you enhance them. I get that, but you know, even though the the PVE the PVP balance was kind of skewed in many ways, it was still pretty decent. It, it was not bad. So I, I just uh, I'm surprised that they broke so hard away from the end of Destiny One, which is still which is still playing right now. In fact, they had a like updates to it, like within you know in the last six months, like pretty good updates in the last six months to it in terms of gameplay, you know, gear tools, you know, like weapons weapon balance. Why they didn't sort of tag more off of that, I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, it's. I, I do hope that they take some of this feedback seriously, and I know that they're probably up against the deadline. But it's like, guys, this this is a problem. Um, there there's some definite problems. Um, I will still probably get the game if only for the story mode, um, just because it, it looks interesting. And if I accept the fact that it's going to be an okay story, you know, it's not going to be a game that's going to revolutionize the industry. Like I thought destiny one was it'll, it, as long as it matches like the bar of like taking King and carries all the way through, I'll be satisfied as long as it's decent length. So I'll probably pick it up. Um, but yeah, there's some definite problems in terms of kind of some of the systems, some of the core systems, um, particularly with the balance PVP is not as good as it used to be. Um, which is real unfortunate, but you know, I'll I'll probably still get it. But my my expectations have been lowered quite a bit with this beta. Yeah, if they if they give me a story mode or story campaigns that are, yeah, you know, maybe like in the realm of like the Titanfall two or like some of the the latter Call of Duty uh, story modes, which are actually pretty good from a narrative standpoint. If you give me something like that, I'll be good. And just you know, with the updated Destiny stuff, I'll be okay with that. 
Uh, I do recommend that they, if they want to chase Overwatch, start putting out some seven to nine minute uh, freaking you know shorts, you know, with Nathan Fillion in it. That that would probably go a long way into helping them, helping them out. Uh, and I hope that they, and I think they're, I, I suspect they will address many of these these issues in the beta. But you know, we'll see. I've already pre-ordered the game, so I'm going to play it no matter what. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. So with that, guys, I think we're going to turn this one back over to uh, to the to the tower and land the plane on this one. So uh, I think we're about ready to move into shoutouts, Pokey. Is that right? Yep, sounds good. So let's start oh, with uh, Zell. Zell claims he has one. Towers. Did anybody get to try the social space? No. Uh, no, I did not. Okay. But okay. But they that. they they have ex- extended the beta um, two days, which will. No, you know, this episode will come out after that's over, but you know, hopefully people are paying attention that it is going to be extended. So you might have a different chance to get into the farm, which is the the social space. So keep that in mind. But uh, yeah, Zell, shout outs, man. Let's do um, it. Shout out to Bungie for deciding to release the Destiny beta on the same week as as <laughs> freaking San Diego Comic Con. Way to guarantee us a long show. That was probably a good move on their part, frankly. <laughs> Because I, I knew just based on, like, Skype chat this morning that the three of you were not going to be able to shut up about Destiny for, like, a good hey, hour. Man, it's, it is what it is, you know. All right, uh, Bate, you're up. Um, oh, shit. Shout out to the Destiny 2 beta for giving me something to do this weekend, I guess. Even if I didn't have a fucking game. Uh, you yeah, should I go mean, try it again now that you know everything you I, need to know. I will, and I'm still going to be a little annoyed at it uh, for not explaining anything. Um, so hopefully they... I, I really hope that in the final game that they had that a little more fleshed out. Um, let's see. So I, I order my groceries from Walmart. Uh, you know, when there's something I want, I'm too lazy to walk around the store, so I just go on and I select my shit, and, you know, they... They get in, then I just sit in their parking lot. Some nice woman comes up and, and brings me my groceries. Well, I did that today or yesterday. I put the order in. Uh, it's for like some fucking cans of juice or whatever. Uh, and I ordered six of them. Well, fucking Walmart only gave me two of them. So that was that was my day today. Going back and getting my four cans of juice. I was really annoying. Florida man. Florida, Florida man. Strikes again, motherfucker. Florida man just get all his juice and goes and shoots up a Walmart. Hey, dude. I mean, it is, it's good to it, it's, it's a It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I get it. All right. J-Ro. Okay. Shout-outs. You guys are absolutely killing me right now. Um, I will uh, I'll go shout-out to uh, to the folks over at uh, BBC for Doctor Who. I think they had a pretty good choice. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. All right. As for me, I got uh, two quick ones. Uh, first one is going to be a shout out to uh, a new anime coming out called The Reflection. This is one that's actually being worked on by Stan Lee himself. Uh, I saw it the first uh-huh. episode. Yep, yep. The, f- the first episode popped up on Crunchyroll, which is the Japanese version, I believe. So I'm waiting for the Funimation version, which is the English dubbed, and I'm absolutely waiting for the English dub because Stan Lee is in the anime himself, playing himself, and I'm. I'm not going to not watch that in English. So uh, that will be coming up in a couple weeks, hopefully. I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to talk about that when it's out. 
Uh, other shout-out goes to Epic Games. Uh, they're the ones that put out the game Fortnite. Uh, I've been playing that this weekend. Uh, I have not played enough of it to really give a proper review, but so far it's pretty solid. Um, probably give me a week, and I'll come back next week and talk about it a bit. So it's pretty good stuff, though. So it'll be uh, it'll be a good discussion. Uh, but with that said, guys, we've had a nice long episode. I do apologize for the length, but there was just so much to talk about. We couldn't really leave any of it out. So I do appreciate you hanging in with us. Now, if there's anything you want us to talk about on the show, any games you want us to play, uh, do let us know. You can go to biomass.net or biomass.com, get all the contact information and let us know. Uh, also, if you want to be on the show, uh, same deal. Just uh, get in touch with us and we are more than happy to try and accommodate you. But that being said, I wish everyone has a safe night out there and have a good week playing and looking at all the cool trailers. So, see you later.